Hello there. Hello everybody. It is Outer Rim Transmission episode number 49. I'm joined by Ben and Milton as always. And we have a very big show this week. We've been asking for it for weeks, for months, well for really years at this rate. We have Kenobi teaser trailer to break down. That's our main event for tonight. We're breaking down them plus a bunch of uh, pictures from EW.com that got released that are going to shed a little bit more details on the locations and the characters in this upcoming limited series. Plus, there's some more updates on LEGO to Star Wars uh, Skywalker Saga, as well as Star Wars Eclipse. But before we get into it, we haven't done it in a while. We're going to talk about our week in Star Wars, and I'm going to throw it to Milton. Have you gone on any uh, fun trips to your local store near near you in PA or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I actually did last Sunday. Uh, we went, checked out the convention, little like collectible show place. Uh, there really wasn't nothing that popped out in the sense of like Star Wars that I really wanted to get. I, I mean, I always see the Lego Star Wars in the sense of like the ships, um, you know, some of the figures. But the problem is everything's overpriced. And I'm not paying for uh, half the stuff that they got there. It's overpriced. But again, it's it's nice to see uh, anything that's Star Wars related. You know, I always say to my one buddy, I said, you know, I should get into the Lego game. Or because there's a lot of Star Wars Lego sets that are very, very popular and are, are well liked. So, but other than that, though, I mean, honestly, this week for me has been listening to um, the old... Uh, uh, documentaries from the movies. So episode one, episode three, uh, you know, I think I listened to, uh, the episode three one last night when I went to bed, it's, it still holds up. I really enjoy listening to those and watching them. Like I can't get enough of those documentaries, but that's pretty much been my week in star Wars is just star Wars documentaries. I'll be honest with you when I go to bed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I have to get into a little bit more. I, I tend to kind of stick with the new stuff, but it's always good to go check out the old stuff and especially how it's made compared to where we are now with the whole thing with the Mandalorian and, and, and the screens and everything like that. It's cool to go back, see the good old school practical effects. Right. Well, I, th I think with the whole like uh, Kenobi trailer coming out the last couple of days, like it's, it's nostalgic, you know, like actually this morning, I drove to work listening to the episode three soundtrack. Like, it's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, like just listening to that trailer got me thinking about episode three. Damn, I know. We're going to talk all about it. The music Duel of Fates is back in the culture zeitgeist here all over the fandom. What about you, Ben? How was your week in Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the documentaries and everything, they're great. Like, I could sit down and watch them at any time, pretty much, Milton. You know, they're they're a classic. They're I mean, they're yeah. just as good. They're just as good as a watch as the actual movies, in my opinion. Agreed. You know, they're they're excellent. Um, you know, it's always great hearing George talk and then all the other behind the scenes people. Like, that's always a lot of fun. Um, but for me, specifically for this week, I didn't have like too many like crazy, crazy things really. I uh I mainly just had like a uh, just thought really like this week I was watching Terminator 2 um, just when I was laying down for bed and I was thinking, man, like I would love a James Cameron directed Star Wars movie like he's such a good director and, uh, you know, he's so creative and everything like I just think, you know, he would be such a um, I feel like he would get it, you know, because he grew up he was in that time period like when George was making the original Star Wars movies like, you know, obviously 
through the early 2000s and the prequels and all of this sort of stuff. And he revolutionized things with Avatar. So, like, I feel like his creative input on Star Wars would be amazing. So, like, you know, it was just kind of a, a thought when I was watching that movie. Like, man, like, James Cameron directing a Star Wars movie would be would be pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a cool thought process because when you do look at the parallels between James Cameron and George Lucas, very similar. They both completely started a huge franchise from the ground up, not based off of comics, not based off any kind of storytelling mediums, and managed to break the wheel, so to speak, right? Avatar still is to this day, if you look at inflation, like the biggest grossing movie of all time. It's It's gotten over almost $3 billion if you compare it to today's money, I guess. Um, yep. but, and, and right now it's, you know, it, it came out of nowhere and, and everybody was involved. It was very mainstream. It wasn't just niche. Like everybody was talking about it, like your mom, your grandma, like everybody, <laughs> it wasn't just a specific targeted audience. It, it was something that took the whole world by storm and it increased the, the, you know, everything with the, the 3d viewing experience with movie theaters and it brought everybody to the movie theaters. Like this is the experience you need to be in the movies. And I feel like that's basically what happened in 1977, None of us were there, but, you know, everybody went to that big screen viewing because you had to see what was happening there. And it, and it brought you into this this completely new world that was already fully imagined and you were just kind of dropped in the middle of the story. And I feel like that's a lot what Avatar is. Now, James Cameron, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm correct on this, but I think he's spoken kind of ill about Star Wars a few times. I think he's kind of like... Ah, you know, it's that other franchise out there that has all these people that are obsessed with it. I don't know why they are. I feel like that's kind of his attitude towards it. But right. so I don't yeah. know if that would ever happen in this universe because it just seems well, he's so soured by the fact just because yeah, it's pure that's competition. That's because the last last 10 Terminator movies have been trash. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the thing is, too, with him, a lot of his comments also were directed at the Marvel movies, um, at a majority of them. Because, you know, I feel like the main way if he would ever do a Star Wars movie is like if George would like bring it up to him because, you know, him and George are pretty close. So I just feel like it would be that would probably be the only caveat of that happening. And I feel like if he would do a Star Wars movie, you know, give him something totally um, blank slate like Avatar basically was. Give him a blank slate movie, just a one off and go for go from there. Like type deal. Like don't give him any of the, uh, you know any of the main continuity stuff or whatever, just give him a movie a thousand years in the future or something or 10,000 years in the past and, you know, roll with it. And uh, I feel like he would be a good director in the Star Wars franchise. Like, you know, um, cause that's one thing I do wish we had more of in the Star Wars franchise as a whole. You know, that's a, that's a whole uh, discussion there is like, sure. We've had JJ, um, Ryan Johnson was a big, uh, obviously a big director. Um, but I would like to see some more of these like bigger name directors in the Star Wars franchise, like a James Cameron, like a Sp Spielberg. Obviously, would be the number one candidate in my opinion. Um, but like people like that, I think it would be interesting to see their spin. Um, a Christopher Nolan, for example. But Nolan, I, it would never work because he would want like full full control, and I just right. don't think I don't think that would work. But I would love to see like their takes on things in the star Wars franchise, just because it's such a uh, unique franchise. And with, if, you know, if they would be given a good amount of creative freedom, I feel like those directors can make amazing movies. 
So, so Ben, basically what you're saying is, um, like, what's happening over there at DC, there's a, there's a certain big movie called The Batman where they kind yep. of gave it's Matt exactly Reeves, like the director yep. and writer of that movie, he also had a co-writer, forget the name, um, but, yeah, he basically has his own movie in his own little, like, pocket universe of DC where it's like, okay, go crazy, like, bring all the characters you want, you're not tied to the Flash or, or Aquaman or, or any Wonder Woman, you're not tied to any of that stuff, go have fun. Like, yeah, maybe maybe that would be something that James Cameron would need or somebody yep. to his caliber, like you said, Christopher Nolan, a lot of these people want to have all this control, but when you have the story group involved, it's like, hey, you can't really go running crazy. So, hey, maybe, maybe someday, but it's just definitely uh, interesting. And we're gearing up, man. I mean, speaking of DC, apparently they moved up Shazam 2, and it's going to be coming out like either the weekend of or within a week or two of Avatar 2, which is apparently still slated for 2022 at the end of this year yeah. in December. Yeah. Right. Avatar 2 actually um, is slated for that because, um, here's a good segue, while I was watching the um, annual investors call for um, for the, you know, for Disney, uh, you know, just anticipating the Kenobi trailer, they actually mentioned that and they said, you know, Avatar is still oh. coming out the date it was the original slated date, I think it was December 21st or 22nd, um, it's still coming out that weekend. And, um, of course, on the investor's call, they still had to mention, you know, Avatar, the original, is still the highest grossing box office, blah, blah, Man, blah. Man, I don't, want, I don't yeah. want to hear that. They've just, you know, that just released the damn movie. Just make the movie. Yeah. Like, they've been playing around too much with Avatar, but whatever. Like, it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's playing as too of, much. As of, as of this past <laughs> Wednesday, it's still coming out at the end of December, but we'll see. You know what? It's, it's going to turn into that Ryan Johnson trilogy now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to James Cameron's career with great interest in whether or not it'll come out on time. We'll see. So, everybody that's watching live, thank you for doing so. And if you are missing out listening to us on podcasts after the fact, we do go live every Friday, approximately around 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, and if you are watching, you can download us on any podcast streaming service or downloadable site look up outer rim transmission we also have some t-shirts on the sale on teespring.com so check that out and well i might be making a few appearances at some conventions in the next couple months we have our fan expo in philly i'll be going there on saturday i think it's april 9th and i'll be confirmed for star wars celebration we got the news that it's finally going on sale again so we know it's actually happening and that's uh, memorial day weekend the end of may so yeah the next couple months is gonna be fun gearing up to get back into the swing of things for the conventions and uh all the crazy cool announcements that uh we're gonna be able to see coming out so there you go uh so let's just jump right in shall we we got this trailer we've been looking forward to this thing for literally years and we finally get to see ewan mcgregor back as kenobi i'm gonna throw over to milton what was your first reaction to the trailer, the teaser trailer? Let's mother effing go. About time. Like, <laughs> this. Listen, this is the only show I've been hyped about that I want to see. I, like, I, look, I, I've enjoyed Mandalorian season one and two. We know how we feel about Boba and Bad Batch and all that stuff. Th like, this is the show. Th this is the show. Like, I mean, because you got Ewan McGregor, who everyone loves as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know or Alex, Alec Guinness was that old dog who ran the show initially, but you know, Ewan McGregor owns that role. I'm sorry, like I, I, I live by that. He owns that role as Obi-Wan. And now that he's still young enough to play 
you know, that, that in between Obi-Wan from New Hope to Revenge of the Sith, it's like this story needs to be told. Like, this is one of these stories that needs to be told. Um, I was hyped. I mean, we're getting to the, the screenshots, but just the, the music, the feel of it, seeing you and McGregor, you know, I had some issues with the Inquisitors, but as you know, you know, and I'll say it later. But other than that, though, it's like it's Obi-Wan mother effing Kenobi, bro. Like we we love that character and we love Ewan McGregor. And clearly we're getting Hayden back some way, shape or form as Darth Vader. So like I'm hype. Heck yeah, Ben. What about you? First reactions. Yeah, I well, like I was telling you guys, I uh, before the show started, you know, I was watching the Disney investors call. And when they said, let's take a special look at the trailer, you know, I about fell out of the kitchen chair when I was eating lunch because I couldn't believe they actually showed it. Like it just, you know, it, it just brought so many feels like so much nostalgia. Like you said, Milton, it's, it's Obi-Wan. Like, like what, what more do we need? Like we could have taken, we, we taken a 10 second trailer of him just looking and been fine. And I'd be fine. Um, with it. I'm like, Oh, you know, yeah. it's real. Like it's yep. real. Oh, for sure. And, and the best part about it, I just feel like, it really set the tone in my opinion for the show because I don't know about you guys, but to me, the, the, the trailer felt more, I guess I would say serious than Mando or book of Boba. If that makes sense, you know, more serious, more like on a higher, like this, this, you know, there's stakes to the show, even though we know obviously like Obi-Wan and Luke and everybody survives, but still like, it feels like there's actual stakes. Like it feels Mm. serious and, and it feels like there's a threat actually to Kenobi. It feels like there's a threat to Luke potentially. And it just feels like there's an actual threat that I feel like, um, for example, if you compare the Mandalorian or book of Boba trailers, there really wasn't a feel of that threat toward the characters we know, in my opinion. So like this just really set the tone for the show. And it really just gave us, you know, obviously our first looks at all these characters and it just, it felt right. Like to me, it felt like, just from what we've seen, it's already felt like Ewan, Ewan stepped back in the role seamlessly. Like, it feels like it's 2005 all over again. Like, he just feels like Obi-Wan. And I just, I'm so hyped for it. Yeah, I mean, I reflect both of your sentiments, Milton and Ben. Man, oh man, it was kind of surreal to see this. Kind of surreal to see Ewan McGregor hear dialogue. New Obi-Wan Kenobi dialogue, I mean, Am I dreaming here? What what's happening? You know, it's been like 17 years since Revenge of the Sith that last we actually heard any lines from you, McGregor. Uh, yeah, we've seen Clone Wars, but that's that's a different actor. It's James Arnold Turner, not dissing him, but to see or hear uh, you and McGregor both is just something special. And you know, we've been seeing a lot of tattooing. We've been seeing a lot of tattooing at the Book of Boba Fett. It's one of the negatives I would say is that the show was just a little bit too much on that planet. But I'm happy to see that we automatically get. A new planet. The book of Boba Fett didn't even give us a new planet in their trailers. I imagine yeah. it's literally all there. But no, they do not. They do not skate away from the fact that it's like that's one of the bigger questions: Is Obi Wan going to be stuck on Tatooine? What's going to happen? Nope, they're getting out in front of it. Disney saying, "Oh, if you thought this was going to be just on Tatooine, you are going to see another thing coming here." Um, and, and just the threats, like Ben, I think this is one of the best trailers for any of the series. Right. The series trailers are a little bit of a letdown for the most part for me because it doesn't really have a huge hook for a lot of these trailers. But this one lets you know what is going on. Like Ben said, hey, sets up the threat of the Inquisitors, sets up 
the stakes here. We see Obi-Wan is protecting Luke, and now there's Inquisitors are on Tatooine. Like, holy crap, nothing's come this close to finding out the offspring of, of Vader. They're, they're on his home territory. And we're going to get into all this. We're going to do a breakdown of scene by scene or image of image that I've captured here in a few minutes. But I think it was just great to get our thoughts out because a lot of us have ha had that pent up excitement about this thing. And for it to seem like it overall kind of uh, hit the mark for all of us is, is really relieving. And it's cool to see something like Milton said is a little bit more serious. This looks almost more like a film, right? We're dealing with one director between however many episodes we're going to have of this thing with Deborah Chow. So it's nice to see that consistency and that continuity shared between all the episodes, like something we've never had before. And I think we could already see those, um, those similarities in this trailer. You're not wrong. I mean, like... I, I agree with everything Ben said regarding, you know, the feel of it, the seriousness. Like, I, there's no way that they're, they're going to screw this up. I said, one of the first things I said to you guys in our chat, like, they can't. I, was, I think I said something else completely different in a sense, but more inappropriate. But pretty much, like, look, they can't F this up. There, there's no way. Like, th well, this show is too delicate. This character is too important. Like, I'm telling you right now, if, if I told my brother this the other day, if they mess this show up, I'm going to riot. Oh, well, here's the thing with that, Milton, is the fact that um, it's if they mess this show up, it would damage the brand as a whole, in right. my opinion. Big it totally damage it. It, would, it like, would damage the brand. It would set us back way like people think like I, I hate trying to like dog on movies all the time. But, man, people think The Last Jedi set Star Wars fandom. I was back. just about to say. But, yeah. but if if. If this show bombs, for example, which I don't, based on this one trailer, it's not going to bomb. But if this show hypothetically would bomb and stink and mess all these characters up, it would damage Star Wars' brand so bad, they would probably have to scrap a lot of their plans and totally reset their whole outlook on things, in my opinion. Like, it would totally damage the brand, or it would force them, they would like rush Mando season three and be like, okay, Grogu, 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 like to try yeah. to get everybody to calm down because <laughs> they, they just, they cannot mess up. Like, like I was talking to one of my buddies about this. This show has the, by far the most pressure of any oh, show yeah. or movie that's came out under the Disney umbrella, in my opinion, next to maybe the force awakens. Cause it was the first movie back because, you know, you know, like we always say, like with um, sports analogies, like this is like, the undefeated Patriots going into the Super Bowl 18 and 0. Like you cannot lose this game. Yeah. Like like this 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 season has to be a mega hit or it will damage the brand 100 percent in my opinion. This is their flagship title, guys. Seriously. Yeah, like this is what right. people are paying Disney Plus for to get this show. So they gotta nail it. This used to be a concept for a movie. Right, this used to be yeah. a movie. This is gonna be yeah, in movie. theaters. They're using all those storylines, not all the storylines, but elements of different things from that yeah. to put on here. You got the, you got even you McGregor himself putting well, his money down on the line because he's an executive yeah. producer. He's here's, not gonna screw up his reputation by being involved in something that's subpar. No, you know, and, and he, he said he he wouldn't come back to make something bad. Like he wouldn't come back to Star Wars to make something bad. Like I just don't believe yeah. it. Well, remember, remember um, a couple years ago there were there was um. You know, obviously it was it was movie, and then they had the first initial write up for the series, and then they had massive rewrites on the show. Well, different things have came out about the first initial run of this show, what it was going to be, 
And I'm glad they didn't do it because it it we would have been in like like DefCon 10 or whatever. Because apparently, what I heard and was looking into, and people I've talked to, it sounds like the first initial pitch for this show that got totally scrapped was they were going to pull you know six episodes, but it was going to be Force Awakens where Kenobi wasn't going to get found until the very last episode of the series. What? And yeah, that was no yeah. If, if you look into it, that's what initially what was pitched. And they had to rewrite and just totally scrap the entire thing. They were going to have a totally new character, like a new Jedi character or whatever, searching, searching, searching for Kenobi. And then they were going to pull a Force Awakens and have him come in in the final episode. And see, that's I'm, just dumb. Oh, it, man, see, like it, that. See, it, see that 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 you're in there. See, Ben, they're in their way. Yep. You see, have, that's what we're thinking it. Yeah, you have the crown jewel. Like you have the answers to the test, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, use the answers well, to Milton, the, you got. You got the calculator. Use it. Well, Milton, what do we all? What do we always say on here? Star Wars fans are easy to please. You Facts. don't need to overthink it. And, you don't need and to see something like that is overthinking it. So I'm glad they scrapped it. And you know, now we're on to this show, yeah. which looks like it's going to be incredible. Right, right, right. I did read something the other, today. I guess they're talking about like the creators have. They said even though it's a limited series, they're leaving is potentially open for a season yep. two. You see and that so too? I, yeah, and, and I read that, and I actually told my brother this. I said, "Listen, if this show is fire, I guarantee we're getting at least a, a season two or three. Here's the thing. Now, of course, I want more Kenobi, but here's the thing: if this season is developed to be a one-shot deal, mm-hmm. they deal with Vader. That whole situation's resolved. Not saying that this is impossible, but I feel like once you deal with Vader, if you're going to bring back Kenobi for a second season. What could be more enticing than that first season? It's only going to be a downgrade because right. it's going to be just potentially. Like, you don't want to. You're ending on a super high note. You don't want to possibly come in with a second right. season and have it undershoot the first season. Potentially, I hear you. I don't disagree. That's why I think. But here's the thing, though: they don't make those comments without even thinking about that. You know, they're like, "Well, listen, yeah. Vader can think." Like I told my brother, you can make it to seem like. Kenobi died at the end of this first season. If you if you want to trick the trick Vader's character to think because Vader thinks he's dead in New Hope until he realizes he felt something again in the Force, and because even Tarkin says, "Wait, he's alive? I thought he was dead." You know, so like mm. you if if you let Vader think that he offed Obi Wan, you can bring in a character from Legends or from Clone Wars that like you know like Hondo type so, somebody that. He interacted with back in Clone Wars that comes back to try to look for him. You know, like you can well, try to do something like that. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you can make that work. If you really think about the type of villain you can bring in for season two. I know we're talking about the trailer today, but I'm just saying I read that today. I'm thinking I'm not surprised because they, they must really like what they've produced thus far. Well, there's always the door as well that's been left open from Return of the Jedi where, you know, Vader tells Luke, Obi-Wan once thought as you did about trying to turn him back to the good side. Like, when did when did Obi-Wan do that? Like, if Obi-Wan yeah. doesn't do that in this series, like, in, in this series, if he's just trying to protect, like, Luke or potentially Leia or whoever, like, if he is doing that type of stuff in this series and not trying to turn Vader back, that could be a potential storyline right. for season two. Like, and here's there's the thing, only six options. Yeah, there's only six episodes, so they could say... Well, and I, I mean, this is them trying to trick us, but let's say, you know, they're saying these comments. Let's say, listen, as, as we were writing the show, we realized we can stretch this story out into two seasons, you know, and say, OK, at the end of season one, uh, Obi-Wan decides to go off planet or whatever. And then season two is going to be him actually trying to deal with Vader, 
you know, more in depth. And then all of a sudden he ends season two where Vader thinks he offed him for good. And that's how we end Kenobi's story leading in a new hope. I don't think that's the case. Simply I mean, because... I, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. We're spitballing here. But if they had any possible inkling of continuing, they wouldn't mm-hmm. just promote it as limited series, right? I I, I agree. So I don't but, know. But, but and they wasn't... put that in a trailer, but, but too. Cri- but so Chris, not but like wasn't Chris... A... What... What wasn't quick, quickly? Wasn't wasn't Loki kind of yeah promoted? Like wasn't it kind of promoted like it was going to be a limited series? And then they're like, oh, season two, like yeah. I mean, it's not impossible to reverse it. Yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm just saying, like they they can they can say, man, the cash cow, dude. Like everyone loves this. Oh, like, <laughs> just to just to throw in here, like this is a, a total non Kenobi side tangent. Um, interesting thing to look out for, guys. So. The Bad Batch, by the way, in the annual of the Disney earnings call, they did not mention Bad Batch one time, by the way. So I on their upcoming future projects. So, I mean, maybe it's just because they were, you know, um, they were they were only focusing on live action being an upcoming project, but they didn't mention Bad Batch on that call. So just to throw that out there. They they mentioned Andor. They mentioned Kenobi. They said our upcoming projects from a galaxy far, far away. Andor later this year. Kenobi, May 25th. Here's the special look at the trailer, and then they moved on. They did not mention Bad Batch at what about all. Mando? No, they didn't mention Mando. Oh, shoot. The, so that's they, not good. They, so they probably said, they just said getting our, Andor then. Yep. So, so that's just something to throw out there for our listeners and viewers. Um, in that earnings call for the live action realm, they only mentioned Andor and Kenobi, and they didn't mention Bad Batch, which again, it could be just because it was animation or something, but they didn't mention Mando Season 3. So just to throw that out there to um, to everybody. Yeah, I just find it very interesting how I have the physical magazine that literally says it's coming in spring, and then the next issue just says coming soon or something. Yep. So it's like, what happened? I'm like, ha- Usually animation is yep. like on time, too. Usually animation is just like, it's a sure thing most of the time. It's not like, you know, it's yeah. hard to, to make the animation because like you don't need the people on set. You can crank them out i guess but i think it could be a production scheduling thing like disney is like well um we want to have all the focus on open one let's just have the fans wait three months and then we'll uh we'll get that out to them and we'll put bad batch in the summer i think bad batch will come out in the summer hold us over till andor in like august or september fly right through to mando season three if we even get that by december we'll see but that's that's a quick shot i think of what's happening Yeah, ju- just to throw it in, in there real quick, but we can uh, get back on track with Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think it's a good idea that we just kind of get into our breakdown. So we're going to kind of go pretty much chronologically through some certain uh, segments of the trailer, just picking out some key images here, as we always do on Outer Rim Transmission. We'll try to glean as much as we can from these things. So getting to our first shot here in the desert, you know, we just spent so many... <laughs> Many hours in Book of Both, and we're here all the desert again, and we're seeing the EOP. Um, but I, I just like this opening sequence um, because it really does show us kind of uh, what what's going on with with the tone of the show. Just like it's gonna be, you know, very much. A, well, it's called Obi Wan Kenobi, so it's a character focused show. We're probably gonna get a lot of these you know, dialogue list scenes where we're just seeing Obi-Wan walking through the desert, which I know a lot of people have been waiting for. As uh, boring as that might sound, a lot of us have been kind of waiting to see just 
Obi-Wan Kenobi in his element. Ten years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, what is his mindset like? We've been hearing some interviews of different people talking that are close to the production about, yeah, he's in a very damaged state. I mean, why wouldn't he be in? He's one of the people that was semi-responsible for what happened to the Jedi now and the galaxy as a whole. I mean, he, I mean, he did train, you know, Vader. Uh, like, I, I think that's pretty traumatic itself. Um, I mean, as as for the shot, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous shot. It's his desert. Like, I'm, I mean, realistically, I'm tired of Tatooine. I ain't gonna lie. But for this particular show, it makes sense. So that's why I'm like, I ain't gonna trip heavy. I, I mean, I hope he goes off planet at least once or twice, but I doubt he will often. I mean, he might do it once. But nah, it's it's just desert. We've seen ta- at this point. I I think I know Tatooine better than I know Planet Earth. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can uh I can agree with you on that one, Milton. It feels like, you know, if we uh, you know, if you give us a blindfold, we can navigate Tatooine at this point. Um, nice. yeah, for me though, with this shot, like I think, well, like you both said, it's just a really good shot. It brings back, you know, obviously Revenge of the Sith vibes because he had that thing at the end of end of that movie. And, uh, you know, just setting the tone for the show, you know, that, hey, Kenobi is out kind of just wandering the desert, you know, at the moment, um, you know, probably reflecting, you know, as you both said, probably reflecting on everything that he's dealt with uh, or that he basically calls and was responsible for. Because, you know, if you think about it that way, like, think about it, you're the guy, you, you and Yoda, you guys are the two people that are responsible for basically wiping out your entire, let's say, religion basically like that's that's huge on you know your psyche heck yeah oh man oh man so getting into another shot here where we have more obi-wan in a familiar location so i mean i'm surmising this could be maz isley right i mean that's where his home is closest to we see it in a new hope but you just kind of scroll around here it's just it's cool you know we're seeing obi-wan just out in broad daylight amongst the people He's with the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't think, I think many people wouldn't know who he really is, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's been on there for 10 years. He knows how to keep a low profile. And you clearly see that, how they, um, how they shoot, or how they shoot, show the camera, how his monologue's going. He's just saying, hey, like, stay, keep low, keep your head down. And that's smart. So it, it's nice to see that he's blending in. Trying to be like a normal folk, but let's realistically, he can kick everybody's ass if you really yeah. wanted to. I think yeah, the I... post. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, the no, post revenge. The post revenge of the Sith there for Jedi characters is so interesting. I could take up all the stories that they produce because looking at the story of Jedi Fallen Order, you see Cal Kestis. He's on the planet Baraka, just pl- trying to you know trying to stay there for five years and just blend in. Blend in, blend in to the point where he's le- he's like forgetting how to use the force because he just doesn't use it anymore. If you're not using it, you kind of lose it to a certain degree. Uh, so I could see maybe the same thing happening with Obi Wan, and it's just the, the trailer adds so much intrigue when you when you hear about the the Inquisitors that we'll talk about in a little bit, talking about how you know it's it's a lot to catch a Jedi. It, it takes a lot, especially I can imagine ten years after Revenge of the Sith, they're still hunting the Jedi. Their order right. still exists. I mean, we even see them further along the line because Rebels technically takes place even further in the timeline than Kenobi, which is 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. But, yeah, it's just great to see on-set productions, right? Do we know if this was uh, filmed using the volume with Mandalorian, Ben? Or is this really all on-set 
productions um, here? I know, I know some of it was on, some of it was the volume, some of it was on set. Like I, I, uh, you know, I know a few people who are like Star Wars, like um, scoopers, I guess you would say, and they, you know, they had pictures of the actual like Lars Homestead and stuff, like mm. actual being a set and everything. So, you know, there were some, like, obviously, like, physical sets for this series, you know, obviously mixed in with the volume, depending on whatever location they were at. Yeah, because as good as the volume is, it is really nice to know that they still are going to on-set locations. They're still going to yep. the desert. They're still getting, like, the actual, the actors are going through the elements with the acting, which ends, you know, it lends to even more of the realism. But, of course, with... With somebody that's an Oscar winner like uh, you know McGregor, that's that's not hard for him to imagine certain things either. If it's imaginary, getting right. into the next shot here is is pretty cool. I mean, this is what we we seen Obi Wan doing, man, or what we thought of he was doing was just watching over Luke, just kind of holding himself at a distance and just watching watching from above so to speak and now there has been some canonical tales in the star wars mainline series flagship comics where we see obi-wan he's kind of semi-interacting with luke but he's he's even talking with owen lars and i gotta crack open those issues of star wars comics because they are really good by the way those tales of obi-wan just dealing with different different things on tatooine dealing with the jabba water tax fighting against black kersantan so Hey, maybe they'll, you know, do a flashback of him finding Black Horsantin at some point. They already got the actor in the costume, which looks amazing. So, so there you go. But I know this is more of a uh, kind of a vague kind of shot here. But again, I like a lot of these shots that we've had in this trailer because it kind of shows us the type of show we're having. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of action, of course, as we see in this trailer itself. But uh, there's going to be a lot of those quiet moments where it's just you and Kenobi and just him dealing with his everyday activities you know on Tatooine oh yeah like with with him um dealing with Luke like you know just looking over Luke it's such a um to me it's such a tone setting shot you know we mentioned it in our open it's such a tone setting shot because sure it's like cool Luke's in the series like we'd assume that but then you know we are listening to the voiceover of you know going into the Inquisitor talking and everything and all this stuff and then it's like uh-oh like the Inquisitors could be like potentially coming for Luke or something, you know, you know, if they're out searching for force sensitives, you know, that, you know, that's, that sets a tone for the series. Like there, Luke could be in danger. Like, obviously we know he makes it, but he's in danger now. And that like really sets the stakes so much higher for the show than what they are. Like just that one innocent shot of Luke, like it just sets it to me. It really sets the tone of the series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much do, uh, agree with everything you're saying, Ben. I mean, I think this shot itself, I mean, again, you're, you're right, Chris. We're going to a lot of these intimate, quiet shots with Obi-Wan. Uh, kind of reminds me of a little bit of uh, I Am Legend with Will Smith. It came out, what, the Ooh, late? Great movie. Two, or, yeah, like 2007, 2008. Sequel like, coming out, too, by the way. Yeah, I did see that. Um, yeah, there is. We'll, we'll, yeah. Um, we'll get into but I think um, this reminds me of that because I mean I don't know what's next to Kenobi. Is that like another like is that a, like another uh, or like an animal or something sitting next to him? Maybe I that's think like it's his... just a far away shot of of him looking at Luke or some other. Yeah, human. I mean you know, yeah. but how they how they show it looks like he's like sitting there talking to someone or that's like uh, his companion, yeah. you know, like his Wilson from um, that movie with Tom Hanks. Um, but yeah, it's like Fast you know though. what I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want to see these 
intimate shots where he's really thinking about what, what, what happened. He's reflecting. He, he's he's going to have to talk about how he let down the Republic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So next shot here. We get another kind of extension of, of this shot. I would expect this is coming right after this. We got him looking through his macro binoculars, right? And the macro binoculars are pretty neat because I don't have an image of this that I pulled, but the macro binoculars people are calling from the Clone Wars. Like, that's a Clone Wars prop yep. that they have for the first time, I believe, in live action. So it's really neat. Like, hey, you know, Dave Filoni isn't on this production. John Favreau isn't on this production. But at least the, the people at Lucasfilm are like, hey, let's, let's add that element in from the Clone Wars, you know? So, but actually the shot itself... Shows us our first look at Owen. It shows us our first look at Baru. Shows us a little tiny loop. But it just shows that legendary classic shot of the Lars Homestead. So I, it just, damn, it's like a different angle, of course, that we haven't seen it from before. But it's it's pretty neat. Like, holy crap, like 10 years later as, as a new hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it really, you know, like you said, it's just like, it's really putting to reality like a lot of these shots, you know, obviously it gets us, you know, more insightful on the show, but it just, to me, it sets the hype level for the fans so much higher. Cause it's like, this is actually happening. Like we're getting young, we're getting Obi-Wan, we're getting Owen and Baru and young Luke and all this stuff. Like it just, to me, these are the type of shots that really build the inherent hype because, you know, we're building that baked in nostalgia from Revenge of the Sith, from the other movies. And like, you know, it just adds to it. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I, there's really nothing I can really say about this. It's just nice to see that this is very familiar and we're going to be a part of this th this family again. And here's a shot I didn't expect is Luke Skywalker <laughs> you know, pretending he's flying some kind of spacecraft. But I know a lot of people online were like, oh my gosh, what, ha what happens if those are Anakin Skywalker's goggles that for whatever reason were left left behind somehow somebody picked them up and brought them to Lars. I don't know how that would happen exactly, but uh, it's still kind of cool to see like, yeah, he just, he's acting like we seen 10 year old Anakin. He would be at the same age. Like Luke here is the same age. We see Anakin in the Phantom Menace. So he's got that, right. you know, th this is him acting like his father. Basically. It's, I think it's pretty cool parallel. Yeah. It, it's nice to see that. And again, I honestly though, I don't think we need to see a lot of Luke in this show. Like, I think I think we need to get glimpses like this just because I think it's better for us to see Luke as an adult. Um, obviously, if if they if they integrate his little boy where where it's appropriate, I, I that's fine. But I don't need to make him a mainstay. He doesn't need to be a main character. Like I don't know, people may disagree with me on that, but I think I want to see Luke from a distance a lot. I think that's the best way to protect the character. Well, I think that's exactly what we're going to be getting, Milton, because. Um, I think they're showing us Luke because we're not going to see much of him. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think that's what it is. Like, you know, they're showing to me a lot of, a lot of it's almost like meta, like, Hey, you know, Obi-Wan's looking at Luke from a distance. Like, so will you guys too. Like, I don't think we're going to see much of him. I think it may be like early on in the series, like obviously the first episode, probably just from some initial stuff. And then probably, you know, in the fifth or sixth episode, obviously the sixth episode probably to round out the series, but, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to get much of him whatsoever. Be, you know, that's why they're showing him. Yeah. Right. I think he's going to, you know, Obi-Wan can't be interacting too much with him. 
You know, he's not he's not like his uncle Kenobi, right? He's just that that weird guy over there in the dunes or whatever. But it does show us what the show is setting up, right? Again, Luke in the forefront of this story. We're seeing in the next couple shots some Inquisitors going around Tatooine. There's a guy that they're looking for. Man, oh man, it, it's it's got to be pins and needles with Obi-Wan. Because if he makes the wrong move, they're going to find out that there's another Force-sensitive kid on the planet. And we all know what happens to Force-sensitive kids, let alone the son of Darth Vader when they figure that one out. So it sets up the stakes and it shows us, hey, they're not beating around the bush here. Like, Obi-Wan is has got some heat on him and he's got to do something about it. Oh, so like just, just to piggyback off that, like, so I think, I know we're always, I think we might all be thinking, well, making prediction of like, Oh, you know, the inquisitors are coming because something Obi-Wan did. Honestly, hot take. I think that they're going to, they're going to use Luke Skywalker as the MacGuffin of why the inquisitors come. And I say it this way. They they can do the same thing they did with Cal Kestis in um, Jedi Fallen Fall Order with like where he used the Force to yeah. save someone. What if Luke accidentally like used the Force and he didn't realize it? Oh you know, and, man! And, and, and maybe and maybe like someone notices it, like you know, a Rebel spot or uh, an Imperial spy. They're like, hey, some so we saw these like little kid potentially like use the Force, quote unquote. Like y'all need to get here. Like it was pretty crazy. Like he caused a scene where it was bad. Yeah. And and maybe and maybe that's why the the um imperial or not imperials the uh, inquisitors show up, and that's probably where Obi Wan has to step in. That's a really good observation, um, Milton. Because if you think about it, like he Obi Wan's been on here for ten years. You think he would know the drill? You think he would know how to yeah. hide his force powers for a decade at this point? But a kid has no control. When the no. force springs into your body. You just act. The next thing you know, somebody goes flying through the streets of Miles Eisley and there's cameras yeah. and you could be like, hey, this kid totally force pushed somebody. We got to get the Imperials because that's our job and our duty as as citizens. And the people of this point are so brainwashed with the occupation of the Empire and the galaxy that to them, it's not a big deal. They think of the Jedi as evil wizards. So like anybody's going to be like, oh, man, we got to get these guys. These are guys that 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 scarred Palpatine. Like these are the right. bad guys and are coming back. We got to take these people out. So you can switch the persona of all the people that way, and that could be really good, good idea, right? That's Lincoln's what I'm saying. Guffin, I, I can, man. I can see it. if if I'm if I'm writing the show, I can say let's 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 use Luke to be the reason why they show up. Like they don't know it's him, obviously, but like this kid caused something and someone saw something, and that's why they had to reach out to the Empire. Which which yeah. then forces to, which then forces Kenobi to be more watchful to say, hey, I really have to like keep them from this kid. Mm-hmm. See, I I think it'll be something potentially along those lines. I love the Luke idea. That's actually that's actually uh, would be a really interesting one. Lucasfilm, hire your boy. Hire yeah, me, Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, just because of him accidentally doing it and that sort of stuff, like accidentally showing his talents type yeah. deal. You know, that that I think would be a really good one. But see, I was thinking more along the lines like, you know, I got thinking about like Fallen Order um, and then just like some of the other like canon material and like even Rebels, like thinking about Rebels like Kanan and Ezra, for example. So I was thinking more along, along the lines of like, what if what if we have a Jedi? I, I don't know. Not I mean, not Kanan, but, you know, some 
John Smith Jedi or whatever, like an Order 66 survivor, basically. What do we have an Order 66 survivor on Tatooine for some reason or another, and the Inquisitors are there, and Obi-Wan's in town while they're like hunting for a rogue Jedi, and they don't realize Kenobi's there, and that's why Kenobi's like on pins and needles, you know, like, right. you know, that sort of um, thing. Just because I feel like this series, if we don't have like direct Order 66, like an Order 66 surviving Jedi in this series, whether it be one or two or plural or whatever, I do feel like we'll be getting references to like other Jedi, you know, like right. other Jedi surviving or getting killed. Like, oh, the Jedi were wiped out on this planet or that planet. Like, so like it makes me think maybe, you know, like I said, it could either be the Luke idea or it could be like an Order 66 survivor. But there's going to be something, obviously, that triggers the Inquisitors to look there specifically, whether it be Luke or a Jedi or or something. Because, I, obviously, I, I don't think it'll be Kenobi whatsoever. Just because if, it, if they know Kenobi's on that planet, the whole Empire is going to Tatooine. So, like, I think it'll be something that's not Kenobi directly, not him directly. And it'll be something along those lines that'll potentially spring the Inquisitors into action which will then, you know, obviously get Kenobi into action. Like, my kind of, you know, thoughts on, like, that even is, like, maybe maybe if Obi-Wan gets sprung into action by, like, Luke or by an Order 66 survivor, maybe he basically does the whole, like, hey, guys, look, I'm over here type thing and runs off planet, so mm -hmm. then that's what gets the Inquisitors away. You know what I mean? Like a, a cat and mouse type deal. Yeah, I see, think it's, we see yeah. him off planet in the trailer. So, yeah, and, and I think what could happen here is we see a new hope. There, there wasn't really a lot of imperial activity on the planet of Tatooine until really like the the, the escape pod went down from the Tantive Four, and that's because you know public enemy number one, Elia, part of the 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 rebels, was last seen around there, and her droids are over there. So you, and I don't think in any of these shots, and mind you, we haven't seen the show, but from the shots, I don't think there's like any stormtroopers on Tatooine at this point from any of the shots. So it's just like, yeah, the Inquisitor's got a tip on somebody. But yeah, like you're right. If Kenobi was there and they got, and they knew it was him, there'd be like three or four Star Destroyers over there because he's like public enemy number one. Him and Yoda, they were seen at the Coruscant Temple. You know, those those were some of the bigger people Anakin wants him dead and everything else. So like, yeah, I, I could totally see where he needs to get off planet for that. But looking at the next shot here, who's going to be hunting him down? Well, we get our first look at the ship of one of the inquisitors. It could be the grand inquisitor ship. We're not certain, but what's even more interesting is the location of fortress inquisitorius, which is first introduced in Jedi fallen order in that game, um, basically, spoiler alert for like a three-year-old game. At the end of the game, you go there as Cal, Cal Kestis, and you're trying to rescue somebody. And next thing you know, Vader comes in and just like completely like wrecks the whole place, and just like to the point where like underneath the water, he like this this place is. It's like Vader uses the Force to try to kill you as you're running away from him, and he's like crushing all the superstructures underneath. It's not. We don't know if the place completely got destroyed, but a good amount of it got damaged. Now, mind you, that storyline takes place in a timeline about five years before where we see this. So, obviously, by then, they fixed the place quite a bit. 
but it is still pretty cool because if you look at the location of Fortress Inquisitorius, I believe it's in on the planet called like Nur or something, which is like the small bluish planet like right next to Mustafar, like in the same system. Um, so you know that Fortress Vader is very, very close to Fortress Inquisitorius. So, you know, Vader is like a short call away. Be like, oh, let me get over there real quick. And I mean, this is cool because I'm looking at the shot of the ship approaching and I can pick out a Lambda class shuttle and maybe some other ships that I can't really make out right now. But I just love seeing Lambda class shuttles. So I wanted to, wanted to point that out. But uh, hey, we're getting some new planets and it's not just the city planet we'll be talking about later. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about a video game, big, big thing showing up in a live action series. I thought that was direct to Krennic ship. It looked like it to me. Little bit, little bit. It, it almost yeah. is. You're right. I think it's just missing like the top, like large wing on the dorsal end or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was. I don't know. I thought it was like an imperial ship, or you know, like you pointed out, Chris. It probably is going to end up being the Inquisitor ship or something related to him, maybe. And then, like you said, the Lambda class shuttles. It's always great with them, just because you know they're like iconic. I feel like as well. Um, just for normal, you know, ca even casual Star Wars fans, you know, probably recognize them by now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's just a cool ship. And I, it'll be interesting to see how much of it we get. Just because, you know, with these shows, we don't get much flying or, you know, ship action, I feel like. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how much they use it, actually. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be Star Wars about, without having some kind of new ship designs. So it's yep. definitely uh, a welcome sight to see that for sure. Um, but hey, man, there's a lot more Inquisitor stuff in this trailer. Next up, we have a little bit of a talking point here. <laughs> As apparently the internet has already. Um, Grand Inquisitor. So, so just getting, you know, getting my excitement. It was awesome to see, like, we get, we get the acknowledgement. We've, we've heard the rumors. You know, Grand Inquisitor's in here, not played by Jason Isaacs. You know, this is Rupert mm -hmm. Friend, but I, I think he was in Hitman, was he? Yeah. He yep. definitely looks like he's the guy that plays Hitman, right? Um, especially with the character design here. But, uh, I mean, it's just cool because, like, we get, again, canon connections. Like, this guy first appeared in Star Wars Rebels. He's appeared in a lot of the comics with the Star Wars Darth uh, Darth Vader run by Charles Saul, where Vader puts together the Inquisitors for the first time. So it's neat seeing the Inquisitors live action. I will say that because, you know, we've been always hearing about what happens to the Jedi after Revenge of the Sith. Maybe we'll actually see an Inquisitor kill a Jedi in this, like a lesser known Jedi. I would like to see that happen because they, they have to make themselves look threatening. In what way can you look threatening than a, a force user of the dark side killing a Jedi? Maybe this guy right here is a Jedi or the guy later in the trailer when we see the blade going. Uh, but I, I I would like to see that. I think that would really be cool. Like, yeah, but you know, right away, these guys mean business, you know? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, I'll be real and say it. To me, it looks like trash. Like, like he doesn't look good. Like, I mean, and I know it's a still, and I know, like, People are gonna be like Milton, like don't don't keep get your head away from the animation. But I'm sorry, like I saw him first in the animation. It's not like because I keep seeing people, well, Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin look different in the cartoon. I'm like, I understand that it's from going from live action to a to a cartoon. 
we're going from cartoon to live action. So you're telling me you couldn't use some type of CGI or de- different prosthetics to make his head a little more like slimmer? He looked like dude from um, Hellraiser. What's his name? <laughs> Pinhead, Pinhead or something? Yeah, like, <laughs> bro, like, he looks like trash. Like, I'm just being real. Like, like I mean, I hope... Okay, the, the, this actor's really good. But I saw someone... Literally, this is how crazy it is. And, and again, Ben, like, you're, you're not... Like, how do you not get this right? How? Like, like, I've seen people on the internet use, like, clip art and just fix his eyes and slim up his face. And I'm like, oh, that's the Inquisitor. Like, you, you, you got nobody's like the three of us who can probably do a better Photoshop and make him look decent. Like, he looks like ass. I'm just being real. Here's the thing, right? We have the precedent of this certain species appearing in a Regina Sith. And I, 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 I totally understand what everybody's talking about. Like, yeah, that's something that George Lucas made. And, like, you can even see in the guy's performance in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it's a very stiff costume. So what? Like, we have CGI technology now where we could add stuff after the fact. Yes. And have the prosthetics of, you know, maybe the yellow eyes and maybe have some more texture to his skin and maybe have, uh, you know, more of a like a, a cylinder-shaped head to that a certain degree or a, yeah. elongated forehead or whatever you want to call it. Uh so they could have they could have done that. For me, it's just like, and I get the argument. It's just like, hey, a lot of people have never seen the character before. But I feel like the species, it's just overall the the, the concept of the character in live action. This this character, if I'm bad. looking at this character, it just looks like a human. Like there's nothing yeah. that looks like he's even an alien. It's just like, oh, I just have my face like a little white with uh, some some red marker on my forehead. It just doesn't seem like that great to me, even if it was a, a character that I didn't have to be threatened by or something. I don't know. Right. Ben, I want to hear I, your I, thoughts. Honestly, <laughs> like, honestly, I hope they do. Like, there, there is precedent to get this right because look at the first Sonic trailer like a couple years ago when everybody complained about how ass he looked in that trailer. And then they fixed him for the movie, and he looks great. And I actually look forward to that movie, the second one for yep. sure. But like, like this is the best you can do with with, with the with the character that everyone likes. Like you make him look like garbage. And look, there, there's another Inquisitor we're going to see. He looks just as bad. But go ahead. Well, I have to say, I respectfully, completely disagree with both of you. <laughs> so, so my my thing my thing with the Inquisitor is for starters, the Grand Inquisitor. Um, let we'll just stick on this one for now. Okay, so his costume was obviously good enough because mm-hmm. everybody recognized him as the Grand Inquisitor. So it's a baseline. We we got a baseline set. Like his costume is good enough. He is the Grand Inquisitor. So we have that set. And then um, in terms of like translating from animation to live action or even live action to animation we do have precedents for that under the disney umbrella because we went from vader in episodes one through six or well whatever in the in the in the original movies to vader and rebels and his helmet looks completely different mm-hmm. in rebels completely right. different the, eye, the eyes are like slanted and everything and then you go to vader in rogue one and he doesn't look anything like the rebels uh, version so like there's precedence right there for that i mean heck we have precedence for it just in 
Mando season two. Like we were all fine with Ahsoka getting her head tails chopped and looking completely different. So like my thing with that is like they, um, you know, they made the character good enough where we recognize him as the Grand Inquisitor. You know, there's obviously the real world things of like, hey, this could be part of the actor's contract. Like that's why there was a lot of, you know, talk about potentially stuff going on with Pedro for maybe Mando season three. Like he wanted his face shown more and et cetera, et cetera. That's why potentially Mando season three is taking longer. Like things like that, because actors are getting paid and, you know, they want their face to be out there. I mean, look, um, we all, we all are excited for the Halo series and they already came out and just flat out told us, Hey, Master Chief's taking his helmet off. And it pretty much sounds like, Hey, the actor wants his face shown on screen. That's why. So, you know, there, those are real world things. And then, like, the other, like, um, realistic reason um, I had mentioned before is if you think about it, like, this is a totally, for probably 80%, 80-90% of the viewing audience, if you just show Joe Schmo the trailer, they'll look at it and go, whoa, that's a cool new villain, like, you know, because they're going to introduce, you know, as we mentioned before with all these shows, like with Ahsoka, for example. They introduced her as a new character for the live action viewing audience. Like they gave her backstory. They gave her enough backstory on screen. So people have an understanding. Oh, that's a Jedi. She was in the past order 66, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, they introduced her in a, in a unique way. And I think that's what they're going to do with the inquisitors. I mean, they've already pretty much done that in this trailer. Like, Hey, they're hunting Jedi. They're Jedi hunters. And, um, you know, that's all you need to know. So like, you know, being introduced to the grand audience, like probably 80, 90% of people, this will be a totally new character for them. So it's, it just doesn't matter for that matter, in my opinion, because it's a totally new villain. And if it works and like, just overall with this character, as long as he is a threat for Luke and Obi-Wan, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Like, like the look, to me, the look of the character doesn't matter because, like, we were fine with Ahsoka looking definitely different. And then now we have this character who's looking, he's looking different for sure, but he's good enough where he, we recognize him as the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So the comparison between Darth Vader's version and Rebels compared to Rogue One is is completely non non entity or whatever you want it's not correct in in comparing it to that situation because all right so rebels had an art style that was very very augmented and accented and whatever you want to call it stylized right that's the word i'm looking for and the reason why is because they use a lot of the artwork from ralph mcquarrie ralph mcquarrie is the original concept artist for star wars and you can see basically a lot of his paintings come to life certain characters in the actual series and of course they wanted to have his darth vader version so they threw it in there um so i feel like i mean that that entire series is basically an homage to the original star wars so i feel like it's a little unfair to kind of base it off of that uh, okay just okay well throw that aside then like to me even (laughs) Look at look at Count Dooku, for example. Count Dooku looks way different. Or Mace Windu, for example. They look way different than their actual characters. So, like, to me, you know, we're getting to a point, like, are we... Are we as fans, like... Like, it's... Uh, 
where do we draw the line between are we wanting animation or wanting live action? Because at the end of the day, translating perfectly to live action will never work for the most part. Like, like it, it'll work, you know, it can work like a good, like Ahsoka, for example. I would say Ahsoka was translated probably 90%. She was, she was translated yeah, pretty good. 80, 90%. 80, 90%. Yeah, but, but, but that's the thing. Like, translating to live action, and, you know, here, here's a practical way then. So, you know, you, I mean, you even acknowledged it. Like, the, the stiffness of Tion Medan in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like, that character, you know, ha- we know Inquisitors as being so fluid and so acrobatic and stuff. How, you know, would an actor potentially be so fluid and acrobatic if they're in a stiff costume like that, you know? Like, because the, the Inquisitors aren't going to be just standing around doing nothing in this series. Like, we already see that from this trailer alone. They're out, you know, interrogating the citizens of Tatooine, potentially. So, like, I just think there's a lot of practical reasons. And there's a lot of um, already established precedences as to why... I think it's fine. And like at the end of the day, I just think um, like not to, you know, I, I'm one of the biggest critiques of like Luke's film, like not to sound like a mega Luke's film defender, but like at the end of the day, like Star Wars, um, like Star Wars fandom, like I feel like we're getting to a point where we're, we're getting so much content. We're getting almost like spoiled with content where we're like any little thing we're critiquing, like, like this whole thing, like, like, there are so many discussions where it's like, you know, we have this awesome trailer, like this Kenobi trailer, and then, like, the reactions are like, they instantly start talking about this Inquisitor. It's like, wait, so we have this mega hype trailer, and all we're focused on, all we're focused on is costume design. That's all we're worried about for this, when this trailer is, like, arguably the most epic thing Disney's put out so far under the Star Wars umbrella, and we're... um and we're getting, you know, we're getting this, and then, you know, everyone's hyper-focused on the Inquisitor, when it's like, I guarantee you, like, like I said, the people that are worried about the Inquisitor are in the small minority of the viewing audience, because the the vast majority of people, all they'll know is he's a villain. That's it. But here's the issue, right, is because a lot of the representation of the characters have already been brought into live action has been freaking amazing. Like, Cad Bane was so good. Ahsoka... Really great as well. Okay, they shortened the Montrails or the whatever, the, the Leku, whatever you want to call yep. them. That's fine. Like, that wasn't, like, characteristically, she still looked like Ahsoka, which is why I never really voiced my concerns about it. But, um, and, and, you know, if you have characters like uh, Bo-Katan. You know, all these other well-known characters look so good. And then you get something like this that's just such a dud. I mean, it just, it literally looks like a guy just with, like, makeup. It's but, just, it, there's no but... prosthetic... Or, or even they don't even try to like try to make it look like an alien. It's just it looks like a human. But here's the thing with that whole with that point there you just made. So you talk about like uh, them like translating the characters so well. The the Grand Inquisitor had to have been translated good enough because we all recognize him as the Grand Inquisitor. Like they didn't say that in the like if you watch the trailer straight up like no no outside knowledge whatsoever or other than who the grand inquisitor is or what they look like you will look at that character and go that's the grand inquisitor so like they obviously translated him good enough where we know who he is without them even saying hey guys that's the grand inquisitor in the trailer like like we know who that character is so like that's 
that's my thing about it is I think we're overthinking it because we know who the character is. Like he's recognizable enough. So, you know, it's not like they didn't, they, they went and painted Darth Vader orange or something for this series. But, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot know, I'll say about thing. this is just, yeah. we expect, I, I, I think, we expect more from Lucasfilm quality wise. I, I think a lot of us are just a yeah, little bit. Dude let looks down. like cosplay. Yeah, uh, the quality. It's cosplay. The quality like that, that looks is... like cosplay to me. Like, I, yeah. Like, look, I can go to. Okay, let's say if I go to that Philadelphia con, you know, in a month, and some guy walked up on me with this outfit, and I'd be like, "All right, yeah, you're gonna." I can clearly see what you're trying to do. Like, that's not hard to recognize that. But I'm like, bro, you ain't you ain't no Grand Inquisitor well, for real, though. Like, I just he, think to me, you could have. All I had to do was just honestly, I would have not complained. They would have made his head look look a little bit better, like yeah. just thin it down, or like because he needs to look more like he looks too human to me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that—that's very much organically like that's us three. Like I'm sorry, like, yeah. I don't want to know he's a human. Well, he like just yeah. Oh yeah, I totally get what he's you're got, saying, Milton. He's got he's got a human nose. If I mean I don't know, Chris, if you can pull up the Grand Inquisitor picture from animation. There's no hell. Even if they did a Harry Potter series, there's or live or uh, animation, there is no way they'd make Voldemort look like a human being because Voldemort's got a snake look nose and a bald head. They would make sure he looks like his character. Well, here's here's part of it too, though. I think just to um like not to like drag this point on for the next hour. Like I think as well, he's not going to be part of like the main main part of the series because like you know based on the entertainment weekly article reva the uh the female inquisitor it sounds like she's going to be the main focus anyway so i i really think the grand inquisitor is most likely going to be the mission teller type deal like he may be in it for like one or two episodes but i think reva is most likely going to be the one out in the field doing the um like majority of the work yeah so so nobody you know, we didn't convince either side on this matter. We both have our our minds set on whether or not we <laughs> like this change or we don't like this change. But um, hey, you know, Lucas, I love it. Two it's more great. Months. It's great. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So our next shot here is looks like Kenobi's just trying to blend in with the people. You know, you see all different kind of characters. You you literally see somebody. It looks like they're from Labyrinth or Dark Crystal. Like somebody, there's a there's a puppet here off to the left of Kenobi. It looks like there's somebody walked off the set of Dark oh, Crystal. Yeah, Jim, a oh. Jim Henson design is is mixed in there. <laughs> oh I my think, gosh! I think a lot of this stuff with Kenobi. I really have a feeling. You know, you were kind of talking about it earlier when you were saying him blending in. I think he's going to be kind of. I don't know about you guys. I think there's a decent chance he's going to be like working a day job. Like an odd job type deal, like maybe like at a Watto's type, yeah. you know, like you know what I mean, like like working an odd job, really trying to blend in as a citizen. I think, I think there's a chance for that. I mean, how else is he gonna pay the bills, right? It's I, I it's not like oh, he yeah, went to the true. bank real quick and took out a whole bunch of. Well, he would have <laughs> only had Republic credits. I go, I don't even know how that even works because it's like, how does the Republic credits? Well, actually, wait, did we see that in Bad Batch? They're like, oh, you now have Imperial credits or something like that? Like, all your Republic credits just, like, turn to Imperial credits? But anyway, like, I I feel like all his funds would have been cut because Jedi are supposed to be dead, so any, like, money that he had in his account was probably drained. 
So it's not like he could have taken a bunch of money and survived for years and years and years. I don't know what the salary of a Jedi is, but we know he has his own little home on Tatooine. And you got to run that thing with the electricity, the water bill, all that stuff. So (laughs) I like how it brings a realism to Star Wars. We haven't really seen many characters have like day jobs, but this could be something different. I I can't lie. Just for like a little bit of almost comedic relief, it would be interesting just to see like, obviously it would only be maybe like a scene, but it'd be interesting to see like, you know, we have this big legendary character, Obi-Wan, like, I'd love to see him like in a workshop kind of getting bossed around like by a Watto character for a scene or something just to like really like set it like, whoa, this guy's down on his luck. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I just like the I just like the appearance of just like he's just like, ah, it's a it's a Monday. It's an, uh, just a look on you face. Just like, yeah, hey, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We got a nice little briefing room aboard the Inquisitorius, um, Fortress Inquisitorius here. We've seen the outer image. Now, like I said, a lot of this this base is underwater. So it's really cool seeing that background there. We see the fifth brother. He's got the same lightsaber design we see him in Rebels. We see the interior design is very brutalist. It looks a lot like uh, if Vader constructed it, like very Sith-oriented with like the pointy chairs and all that kind of thing. Uh, and we also see a different kind of Inquisitor that I'm not familiar with. I haven't seen this person in any comic or uh, video game. Uh, there, there's a person there on the left, and we'll see her again uh, closer or further in this trailer. But as Ben mentioned, we have our new front and foremost Inquisitor, Reva. Right? Is that her name? Reva? Yep, Reva. Yeah, so, and, and we do see a stormtrooper guarding, so it's cool. Like, there's some Imperial security. Uh, but, yeah, what did you guys think of just that the, this scene kind of, like, was like, whoa, like, I kind of let my draw, you know, hit the floor, because, like, oh, my gosh, like, we see all these Inquisitors, and this is, like, something out of, like, a video game. Like, this, for me, was pretty cool. It looks good. I mean, it's a, well, it's a well-designed scene. Um, I mean, I, I think I'll be very interested to see what they talk about when the scene occurs. Um because so I do want to see how the how the Inquisitors think and how they how they operate. So no, I like the, how the scene looks, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I agree. Like it just it was almost that you know that whoa moment. Like whoa, we're getting like all these Inquisitors in this show. Like you know, like it makes you think like holy smokes, we're getting these Inquisitors. Plus we know Vader's in this. Like how is Obi Wan going to deal with all this? Like that was kind of what I was thinking. Like as during that scene, I was like, man. Obi-Wan has a lot on his plate for this series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of action, a lot more action than I expected if we have all these Inquisitors front and center. Yep. Okay, so moving along here, we see a face-off in the streets of Maz Eisley between a very unlikely um, duo here. We have Reva versus Owen Lars, and this is really cool because we see Owen Lars, uh, what is his name again, the actor? Oh, man. Joel Edgerton. There you go. This guy is bringing his A-game because, you know, Owen Lars doesn't doesn't mess around. He's standing up to an Inquisitor. Like, come on. Like, this guy's got balls, man. Like, this guy really... I, and you get that attitude from him in A New Hope. Like, he's a no-nonsense guy. Like, yeah, you know, he's just very steadfast in his beliefs of, you know, Luke and everything else. So to see him, like, back in these times, doing standing up to an Inquisitor, does he even know he's an Inquisitor? Like, what the hell? 
see, I, I kind of thinking though, maybe, maybe it'll be like one of those scenes. Like, I, I think they could be camera tricking us, you know, like or like you know, um, like being smart with the shots. Because I think this might be a scene, like say Reva's like I don't know in the crowd of people like, basically going like, "Where's the Jedi? Where's the Force user?" Blah blah blah. And I think it'll be one of those things, maybe where she's like walking around to each person and you know of course they take they show us the shot of her looking face to face with uncle owen you know type deal like that type of a i think i really think this could maybe be just a camera trick but like you said chris like there's a chance um you know uncle owen maybe like mouths off to her or something or says something like you know we don't need you here you know blah blah you know or just says something to her just to mouth off and then who knows maybe kenobi's like hanging around and sees all that happen or or maybe I don't know I feel like there's so many directions this could go with Uncle Owen interacting with the Inquisitor just because you know you could have it go those routes or who knows maybe this is a whole thing of like uh like maybe maybe Kenobi's not it not there in town whatsoever and maybe Uncle Owen goes back and it and reports to Kenobi and is like hey dude uh we have this uh, Sith lady here in town. You need to get out of here or go deal with it. Like, you know, we need Luke protected, like, type thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot going on in this scene. We do mm. see another version of this scene later on, so we could talk a little bit more um, about when that comes up there. But, yeah, I mean, a lot could be said about that one. Now, we also have Revan, and again, like, this is... This is the, the main antagonist, I feel like. Well, not the main, because we all know who that is, Darth Vader. But we got our first shot of, like, this really cool kind of ambiance setting of this, like, industrial cyberpunk kind of place called Dayu, which is a brand new planet in Star Wars. And this is what's really neat is seeing the Inquisitors tracking a Jedi. So whether or not she's hunting down Obi-Wan, we think that, you know, Obi-Wan, we speculate that Obi-Wan's going to lure them off mm. of that planet and just end up here somehow. But it is neat seeing, like, them, like, playing detective, seeing Reva playing detective, just, like, kind of finding out. And we do see there's other characters, other, all the Inquisitors actually look like they're in this location. So a lot could be said. But what do you think about our first glimpse of, of, of this planet so far and just the cool kind of detective work of these characters, Moen? Yeah, it looks good. I mean, I think, you know, they're the Inquisitors are, I'll put it in our terms, they're probably, you know, an evil version of the FBI. You know, like, they have all these resources, they're super good at their job when it comes to following leads and, and, and taking names and kicking ass later, you know. But, like, I like this look. Um, I'm curious to see what this planet's more about. I think that, you know, it's nice that we're getting off of Tatooine. You know, whether it's, it's Obi-Wan leading them, like you said, or maybe it's maybe this is the the beginning of episode one, where you, where they're setting us up to show how the Inquisitors work as a team. Because it wouldn't shock me if they worked as a team to like hunt down a Jedi. I mean, we've seen it in the animation yeah. where yeah. The, the, where so yeah. So I mean, it's like maybe they're just coordinating their attack. Or you know, it, it's cool to see this. And I think can that's you imagine? What... Can you imagine if Obi Wan fights the fifth brother, Reva, Grand Inquisitor, and um, the other unnamed Inquisitor all at the same time? Like that could be yeah. insanity. Man, Obi Wan will wreck him. I, I, I yeah, come on. He 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 sliced up Anakin and Probably, Darth Maul because we've seen what what Darth Maul did to the Inquisitors. He came up across in in yeah. that episode. He he killed what two or three of them by himself. Yeah. Like. 
And like and a we blink know that of an Obi-Wan eye. can kill Darth Maul, so... Yeah. Obi-Wan cut off Savage's arm, so yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you got, what you both said. Like, I just think uh, it just, it just, it's a really good like establishing shot for the the Inquisitors. And I feel like there is a good chance. I agree with you, Milton. Like that could be at the beginning of the show, kind of setting. Like maybe we're on Tatooine to start, and then it somehow cuts to the Inquisitors. Like you know, these are the bad guys type thing. Cut, you know, and then you know maybe they're talking about Jedi surviving or like. Oh, we have public enemy number one Kenobi's out there s- sneaking around the galaxy or just something um, like that's going to set the tone to maybe send the Inquisitors in motion. Mm. So here we have a character that might be familiar to some of the Game of Thrones fans out there. This is an Imperial officer played by Indira Varma. Is that correct? I feel like that's her name. Yeah, yeah. that's she's a hottie. Good. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I was expecting her to actually play a character like an Imperial agent just by the way she carries herself in Game of Thrones. I feel like she would make a good good character for this, but it looks like she's on Tatooine, so it's not just the Inquisitors. Maybe maybe she's gonna be reporting like the like reporting to Darth Vader or something like that. But you know, not much to glean off this other than hey, it's a new character in Star Wars and it's a female officer, which we don't see much of in in, in the um, live action at least. Yeah. yeah, that's a good I mean, point. That's, yeah, that's that's basically what I got from it as well. Hey, new Imperial officer. Maybe, maybe that's your girl's mom. Uh, maybe that's Iden Versio's mother. Hey, there from, we go. Uh, from what's her name? What's that Battlefront. second name? Uh, Battlefront 2. Oh, yep. um, you know what? I mean, no, wait. Her 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 mother was actually uh, I don't know, propaganda. I'm Artist. I know I'm trying to think of it. I, I, it might actually work, but I, I'd have to look further. To... Yeah. Uh, next image here. We have another one on Dio. This one's badass. I love this. Just like the shot of like Obi-Wan undercover with his hood. Like the classic Obi-Wan, but he's like totally out of his, uh, his element. He's trying to stay undercover, but yeah. we have that Inquisitor with the tendril head. She's she's kind of walking around in this shot, but Again, I like the I like the density here of this shot in the crowd. Just all the people. It reminds me of like the underbelly of Coruscant. Yeah, I mean, look, I, anything with Ewan McGregor, I'm hype. Like, I, I just he looks he's it's Kenobi, bro. It's Kenobi. Like, I'm sorry, I can't say it ten hundred <laughs> times. Is Kenobi? Like, I just cannot believe we're getting this. And like, you just know that's him. Just he that like, it, it'd be different if they like, hey, let's let's replace Ewan McGregor. Let's say it's a different actor doing the same shot. I'm like, I'm not convinced that guy's Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is Obi-Wan. You know he's doing some good stuff right now, but like creeping out the scene, looking at everything, trying to engage like the enemy. Like it's Obi-Wan, bro. Oh, yeah. It's Obi-Wan. I mean, I I completely agree. Like like with Ewan, you know, like you said, Milton, Ewan's Obi-Wan, like to me, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm fine with recasting characters, but Obi-Wan's a character, like, if it's not Ewan McGregor, the only other person could be Alec Guinness, and we know that's not yeah. possible. Like, those are the only right. two characters I want to see playing Obi-Wan at this point, just because, like, that's Ewan McGregor. Like, to me, like, this, these type of shots, it just feels like it's something out of the prequels. Like, it just, yeah. it's great. Heck yeah. Oh, man. So good, yeah. Prequel, prequel, prequel content all day long, all day long. All right, 
Next one is a curious looking droid. I would also assume by the lighting that this could be the same planet Dayu. I think we're basically either going to be on Dayu, Fortress Inquisitorius, or this planet. Maybe more. Probably more, because we do see like that 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 awesome behind the scenes kind of uh, clippings of different like concept art, and one of them was like a a rebel planet or something. It looked like mm -hmm. so could be more than just these two. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But hey, new droid design, so I thought that'd be cool to throw in here. Um, Stormtrooper looks to be giving them some trouble, but uh, you know, it looks like a droid from Fallen Order, like the the, the way it's designed, kind of. So I thought it was kind of neat. I don't know what the Arabish says on his armor. Probably should look it up. I don't know if that says anything relevant, but uh, you know, cool, cool design. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a droid. Uh, I'm not I'm not surprised we have him in you know obviously around, but I mean, it, it's nice to see you know that there's a lot of familiarity with this. I mean, and I'm glad to see the stormtroopers got run down armor because you know a lot of yes. it was like yeah, I, he you know he's been through some stuff. Yes, we got the realism, right? I mean, this is all what the Star Wars original trilogy is built on. It's just used universe, all the things grimy. I just love seeing mm. dirty Stormtrooper gear, man. It's just, it's just great. All right. Next oh, yeah. up, yep. next up, we have this shot of the Inquisitor with the lightsaber. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is an interesting thing because what it shows us in this image or this quick clip from this is that the Inquisitor's lightsaber design has not changed. It does spin, and yeah. that's a cool feature that we see that, you know, they don't, you know, they're not augmenting themselves to spin it quickly. It's just literally the mechanism in the lightsaber. Whether or not they go spinning around like a helicopter, I hope they don't do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, who knows? Who knows? No, it was cool to see it, like, as it was doing, because it, it was slow at first, and it sped up. So, like, you know, cool. you can control the speed of it, which is dope. Ah. Yeah, I think it's also to note in their... Um, uh, for this discussion, you know, that's at the point in the trailer where the Inquisitor is saying, where is he? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to throw that in there, like, you know, obviously, I mean, we're assuming it's Kenobi he's talking about, but it it is. It's cool they still kept that design. I was wondering, you know, when we heard Inquisitors were coming to the series, I was wondering if they were actually going to do it. And like you said, Chris, it'll be, man, that would be super weird if they have the Inquisitors fly off from Kenobi with their spinning lightsabers. Oh, but uh man. that would be okay that would actually be really weird but but uh but yeah i think i don't know it's just cool they incorporated that design <laughs> yeah yeah so there you go that continuity paying off so milton um do you want to talk about this one because i know you're not a huge fan now this one didn't bother me quite as much as the grand inquisitor but uh all right let's talk about the design for the fifth brother no all right, so same. I feel the same way about you know with this one. I, I just I, maybe I'm just being too over the top. I, I just and and look, I'm all about making the adjustment and eventually like this is why I need to watch the show. Obviously, I think if I watch the show and I'm like, okay, I can live with it because the character is consistent and the personality fine, but just the look like I am like I. Because I can't watch the show right now, I'm only seeing something, you know. Like I, yeah. I don't like. To me, it's like that's the best you can do. You know, obviously this character. I mean, I, I was in love with him, obviously, but I was in love with Grand Inquisitor. It's like, I don't know, man. It's just it's weird to me. And and the, you're right. Maybe there's a whole actor thing. Like they want to see their face, you know, all that type of stuff. And you have to like put that interpretation in real life. 
but it's like, uh, it's just not great. But again, it's not it's not a great shot when it comes to being lit. So maybe I'm just not seeing all the facial articulation yet. Yeah, yeah. Ben. I mean, I, I I can totally see where I can I can see where the criticisms you know come for for yeah. the Inquisitors in that way. But you know, like you've been mentioned in there. You know, we are judging this all off yep. of a two-minute trailer. Like, you know, hey, we could get into this show and, like, you both could flip and go, oh, the Inquisitors look great, and I think they look terrible. Like, you know, it just depends on how it plays out in the show. Like, we're judging this all off, a, like, a two-minute trailer, and, you know, the Inquisitors are in the trailer probably for, like, I don't know, 30 seconds maybe? Like, so, so I just don't... Uh, it's hard to glean or gleam from it one way or the other, honestly. Mm-hmm. But but I do like this. I do like the shot. I, I as I as I mentioned earlier, I th- I like all the Inquisitor shots. I think they look fine. But yeah, yeah. I think this one looks a little bit better just because, like, if you're comparing it to like the animation version, we don't. I don't even know what his species is to be honest with you. But it's not like we really know, like. I don't know. This one, I'm, I'm, I'm more fine with, I guess. Um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. What I like about this yeah. though is just the, the background. This reminds me a lot of Nar Shada, where it's just mm-hmm. like all the neon lights and just a lot of people around. It's cool seeing stormtroopers in this environment. Well, did you see? Yeah, just to throw in there, did you see? I believe it was Deborah Chow saying. Um, I'm pretty sure they inspired that off of Tokyo or Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, is what they inspired that off of. So I thought that was a cool, like, I love seeing yeah. those, you know, real world inspirations in Star Wars. So that's cool that they incorporated that. I mean, is that the case? We're going to have like a Star Wars Tokyo Drift type thing going on? Because like, I, I don't want our Vin Diesel and all those guys showing up. <laughs> in a, you know, like, just saying, man, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one here I have is real quick in the trailer. I, I was able to capture, there's a sequence with two escape pods jettisoning off and looks like different directions now. They look like escape pods from A New Hope. Mm. Um, probably not from, a, you know, a Corvette or whatever, but I, I just thought it was interesting. Okay, two people on the run. Who the heck could it be? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. But Yeah, I have no idea what they're, you know, what's going on here. I... I... Yeah, I will not comment on that. I yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like just just from the sh- the shot alone. Well, you you say you don't comment. You know something, don't you? Maybe. Um, but <laughs> I just from just from just from the shot alone. Just from the shot alone. If we're talking strictly, if we're looking at the isolated shot, you know, obviously, um, there's some people trying to escape something. I guess I would say. But I mean, I, 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 uh, I get it. I mean, I read some of the Jason stuff at one point, like, you know, I, I try, I, I didn't read everything, but I read like maybe a couple, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been trying, <laughs> trying to avoid all spoilers as but possible. Wait, but here's the thing though. I will say like, this is the one show where I really don't know anything. Like, yeah, even though I read a few things, like I'm still not like. I don't know the big picture, so I'm like, okay, like I'm okay, I'm good with not knowing anything for this show. Most of the time, I can read spoilers and still go in and be happy and get surprised. But no, I think this show because I love Obi Wan too much and I love this time period. 
think I'm just going to just let things ride out and just watch the show. All right. Well, I'm very excited about this next shot. We see of uh, Riza looking like she's fed up with not getting the answer she seeks and just draws her lightsaber on somebody. I like the lightsaber design. It's not your traditional Inquisitor double-bladed either, right? It's just like... It looks like just a regular single-bladed lightsaber, so I, I appreciate she's right. going for, like, the traditional um, lightsabers as opposed to some more of the gimmicky versions her compatriots have. But uh, I think it's pretty cool. Is that is that Owen Lars there in the foreground, you think? No, I don't think uh, so. Let me zoom in. No, I don't, I don't think so either. Okay. That was my first reaction. Was, oh, crap. Sure. Like, that's Owen Lars, but... Maybe see this is a cool thing too. With I'm glad they're including Owen so much. To, I mean, obviously that's not him, but just in general, like it's going to really set the tone of like that crazy old wizard comment he makes in the New Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. going to be in the conflict. He's going to know about these yep. so-called wizards. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have some some Jedi in hiding, it appears, because there's the Jedi symbol, the Jedi Order logo symbol. And I think that could be Reza looking at this. Not quite sure, but there's other etchings in the wall. We're not certain where this is. But again, it's this is five, 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. And I, I could see, like, there's, like, trying to be a Jedi uprising somewhere, like... They, you know, everybody wants them to forget about the Jedi, but there's going to be a sect of people like the Church of the Force and some other Force user follower people that are going to be like, let's keep the hope alive for the Jedi Order. And I can see that there's like little networks all over the place that could be be kind of spreading that image, uh, the message of hope. Is it kind of like their uh, their Star Wars version of the Underground Railroad, maybe for Jedi? Oh, that's a good... That's actually a very good example, Milton. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's actually... That's probably exactly what that is. Or at least... Listen, Lucasfilm, hire your boy. That's... That's that's actually... Now that you say that, I... I I mean, that makes perfect sense. Like, why else would a symbol... Like, obviously, Obi-Wan's not going around doing that. So maybe that could very well be like a jedi underground railroad system and then you know reva like looking onto it like what is this yeah hey well hey there you go milton tied into your beginning thing maybe reva finds this symbol and that's what springs into the whole tatooine maybe searching tatooine thing. thing i think i think that they there's no way they just show up like no one wants to it's like it's like it's like no no disrespect to Ohio, you know, Ben, yeah. but ain't nobody trying to vacation in Cleveland, okay? Well, yeah. So well, but no. who's trying who's trying who's trying to vacation at Tatooine or showing up to do something in Tatooine? You have to be sent there for a reason. Well, like no one, for example, my my small town I live in has like ten thousand people. It's way out in the country, yeah. fields everywhere. No one, like for example, like this in the Star Wars universe, no one would come to this town like searching for somebody like without yeah. a reason. Like no yeah. one would come here for a reason. Yep, like like Defiance, Ohio has to be something has to trigger like the government yeah. to say we gotta go there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like there, there's like a catastrophic event that's pulling us to this little small town. Hey, fun fun little side note for our viewers and listeners. Anybody that likes Law and Order SVU, um, on an episode about three weeks ago, one of the main the main criminal they were looking for on his license, 
he was from Defiance, Ohio, and I thought that was like, <laughs> the coolest shout out. I was like, yes, we're famous on SVU. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so next one here. This is going to be interesting. It's like, all right, why are you bringing a blaster to a lightsaber fight, whoever you are? Because this can't end well. We got some stranger in an alleyway with Reva the Inquisitor, so who knows what's going to happen. You know, I mean, this could this could be Obi Wan because it looks like in the next shot it's Obi Wan with a blaster. So I think be. it's him. I think it's Obi Wan when he was in hiding. I really do. I think it's him. He's gonna run into her, maybe, or obviously he'll run into her at some point. But I think he'll run into her. Like I think we're gonna be seeing Obi Wan. Like he's not gonna use his lightsaber unless he absolutely like is getting his. You know her bearing your lightsaber down on his head or something like i think i think he's gonna be really just hold, you know wielding a blaster for this for early parts of this series anyways yeah i mean i, I was seeing stuff on twitter there people are like oh that's han solo's gun blah 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 no. i'm like stop with that stupidness like no. no um yeah i can see this being obi-wan i mean you know i i i need to understand why he's there but yeah i can see it happening yeah, so we'll see, because the next shot, as I mentioned, is of, uh, well, try to, I tried my best to get a good good capture. I know it didn't come out very well, those of you that are watching the video, but basically, uh, audio description here is somebody's ducking behind something on a roof as other people are firing at him, and he's firing back with a blaster. So it's interesting, because we know that Obi-Wan hates using blasters. He says a line in A New Hope. He... We later see him take out Grievous with a blaster, and here we go again, 10 years later, using a blaster. So as much as he hates him, for practicality, he's, he's got to be forced to use him in certain situations, and that's basically all the time, since he can't use his lightsaber. Like, Cannon Jars is just, like, lights up his lightsaber in the middle of a fight, and it's like, well, you're screwed now, Cannon, because now everybody knows you're a Jedi, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like, I think story-wise... It just makes sense for him shooting people up instead of, like, wrecking them with a saber. I, I mean, it's not like he's trash with a gun, neither. Like, he's nice with one. I mean, hell, he's got the force. So all you got to do is just tap in the force and shoot somebody. Mm -hmm. It's over. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be – it will be an interesting um, – it will be an interesting take because I feel like in people's, like, subconscious minds of Star Wars, even, like, just for, like, casual fans that have seen the movies a few times here and there – you know, they remember Obi-Wan and Revenge of the Sith throwing the blaster side going so uncivilized, you know. So, like, I think it'll be an interesting take on Obi-Wan, like, actually using a blaster consistently. Yeah. <laughs> and our last uh, significant shot from the trailer, it's just a good close-up on Obi-Wan. I mean, I think now is a good time to have a conversation about the aging of Tatooine. Um, I mean, yeah, he he's... He doesn't really have too much gray going on yet, but of course, you know, ten years later he's gonna have that. And whatever happens, he looks in this like show, he's fifty some. He looks fifty something years old, like Chris. Yeah. He looks older, and that's f like. And, and look, Ewan McGregor, I think, is fifty in real life, but I'm sure he looks better than this. Yeah, but yeah, like they, he looks so like beat down compared to last time we saw him. And I feel like. All the events he's going to go through in this is going to make his hair grow gray, that's for sure. Like, by the end of this yeah. trailer, or no, by the end of this series, I <sighs> wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, him with gray hair. Like, they do a lot of makeup, and it's like, 
maybe a fast forward five years after the events mm. of all this stuff that goes down and you see like our closest connection. Maybe if they even do, I bet maybe they'll even do like some CGI stuff on him at the, like the last shot of the show is like going to be him basically looking like Alec Guinness at that point, or at least like a couple years before. Yeah. I mean, hell they, they, they got the technology to make Luke look good. I mean, you're telling me they can't splice Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness like together, which they could because I believe in the in the episode three documentary and Ben, correct me if I'm wrong here. Do you remember there's a scene where they're working on like Obi or Ewan McGregor's like makeup in his hair and they're like, hey, let's what? Do, how can we match him up closely to like Ewan McGregor or uh, Alec Guinness? And they look yep. at the triangle dot, like the triangle points in her face. They're like, oh yeah, yeah they yeah, line yeah. up perfect. They, they line up perfect, and I'm like, huh. So they got the technology to make this work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, they definitely do. I think I think there's a chance for that. I think there's a chance also just for straight up graying because of a potential of a season two. You know, yeah. they, I don't know if they'd want to like lean on CGI, you know, just because we have Ewan. So uh, may, I feel like for sure we're going to have grays on him. Um, it is it's it's just real funny to think about, like with him, like even though Alec Guinness is only like 63, he definitely looked like an old 63 yeah. in, in A New Hope. But it's funny, like. You know, that's only maybe 10 years after this series. And then, you know, how much older even Uncle, um, Joel Edgerton and then the girl that's playing um, uh, Aunt Brew. Yeah, yeah, Bonnie. Like, it's it's just funny. Like, you know, just that's just funny headcanon, like thinking how rapidly they age in 10 years. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be really cool either way how they do it. I, I do think, though, I agree with both of you guys. Like, we're going to see some type of aging to Obi-Wan by the end of the series. Like, some grays some like change like that to his character yeah i carry hello yeah we're here we can hear you milton ben can you hear me yeah i can hear you i can hear you anyway yeah go ahead go ahead milton yeah i'm sorry my it looks like my uh my computer froze a little bit i don't know what happened but what happens? no, I, I I was agreeing with your points. I just want to make sure that I was still part of the live feed because my computer just stopped. It was being weird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we yeah. can hear you now, Milt. We can hear you now. Good. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So those are all the notable shots I pulled out of the trailer. Um, I do. Go ahead. I, I go think, ahead. Uh, yeah, I do think it is um, noteworthy to point out um, before we wrap this part, though. You know directly after the shot when the trailer's closing though you know we hear the uh the anakin theme music or the anakin music when anakin's crying on mustafar you know that's the music we hear at the end of the trailer is you know when he's crying um and the cool thing about that is for anybody that hasn't like uh like read the episode three revenge of the sith novel like in anakin's mind in that scene you know when he's crying on uh mustafar after he after um all he's done he's basically thinking to himself like where like how did i fall from being i want to be the best jedi and pilot in the galaxy to this like he's like almost regretting what he's done like he's thinking about those things that's that uh, you know that he's done so like that's a cool like little insight to anakin's character and the fact you know they they add that music to the end of this trailer like puts to, to me that signals to the point and then, of course, you know, you hear Vader's breathing over top of that. So, like, to me, that really signals, I think we're going to get, like, some, 
I don't know, guys, like how you describe it, but like Anakin, like struggling right now, maybe struggling like with with some of this stuff potentially. See, I don't, I don't know. See, or I, something. I, I hear or having yeah, I hear flashbacks, maybe. Right. I, I think I think we might get some some internal monologue or thought process with with Vader. I but I don't think Anakin's gonna struggle. I, I think right now he's in the prime of Vader. He, I mean, I think we get. He's like, listen, I put Anakin's on the forefront. Like he or yeah. he's behind me. I think you might still get doses of that, but nah. He, this is like I'm wrecking everything, Vader. Or, or well, I'm thinking more along the lines of I think after we've seen it in Boba Fett, I bet you when we go to Vader's chamber, that's when we're gonna get like the flashback. Like oh, maybe, tight. maybe hey, here. I mean. It's not even speculation. Ewan literally talks about Obi-Wan and Anakin in scenes. So yeah. maybe maybe when Vader goes into a, a, his uh, chamber to meditate, we get a flashback to Clone Wars with, yeah. Hayden, with Hayden and Ewan. Hmm. Oh, man, I could use some flashbacks. <coughs> oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, I mean, I mean, a, yeah. I mean, I just don't think... I just think with this series, like... There's, you know, there's no point in bringing in Hayden if you're not going to do flashbacks. Like, I really don't, I don't, I don't think that will happen unless the only way that wouldn't happen is if we get a Rebels moment, which I'd be totally down for. Don't get me wrong. A Rebels moment, like Obi-Wan slashing off Vader's mask and like Anakin fighting without the mask on for a little bit or something. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fighting the like mass, that. trying to try to survive with with without the breathing apparatus, you know, with the meditation yep. chamber and all. Yeah. Yep. So so that's it for the trailer. And hey, it's one of our things, right? We talk about a not even a two minute trailer for an hour and a half. So so there you go. But we're not done yet. So there's a couple images, and we'll save the gaming stuff for next week because I did not. I, I should have known that we wouldn't get there, but I was like, ah, there's hope. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. So anybody wants to know about that stuff, but, um, breaking down just a couple of more of these images. First off, I think it's cool to, to say that entertainment weekly's last issue is going to be the one that features Obi-Wan Kenobi on the, on the last printed version of, of the cover for this, this legendary entertainment weekly magazine. So, and that's a great shot too, um, of, of him, man. Oh man. Does it look good? <laughs> you Bye. man. Like, so yo, like, I, I'm so, I just I just can't help myself, guys. Like I know I'm probably nerding out tonight, but <laughs> I don't even care. Like he, it's yo man, it's yo McGregor, bro. Like it's just, it's uh, there, there's so many predictions I have for the show. Like when it comes to what's gonna happen and how, what he's gonna be doing, I just wanna I just wanna talk about every move he's gonna make because I just <laughs> there, 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 there's no way, and I I think and this is something my brother and I talked about. There's no way in this show. That you bring in new characters, like I'm talking about new good guy characters, to take away the attention from Obi Wan. It just wouldn't make any sense. Like he has to be the main good guy. Yeah, until know? they like, bring in, you know, Kyle Katarn or somebody, then it's like that'll see, take all the like, spots. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't don't be bringing in Cal Kestis and you know, get, like all of them. Like ah, I don't care about them. I want to see Obi Wan fight uh, 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 Inquisitors and fight Vader. That's it. <laughs> yeah i mean i i agree i agree with you like i i i definitely want the spotlight on kenobi um i think we will get a healthy dose of you know maybe 
maybe some of the early episodes will be kind of 50-50 split with like building the threat of the Inquisitors. But as the series goes on, I feel like it's going to just be mainly focused on him, you know. And like this cover, like you said, Chris, it's like a fitting, it's a fitting yeah. end to entertainment's um, uh, physical print. And I think the cover looks great. Like, yeah. and, and just like the nerd in me, of course, like Obi-Wan looks amazing on Tatooine and stuff. But man, guys, like, I just, just to add to like our flashback talk, just slap a, a set of clone armor on top of his shoulders in that shot. And, like, man. Fire. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just cycling through a couple of the images here. One of them is, uh, yep. you know, Obi-Wan's looking like he's peeking around a corner, kind of doing some something clandestine, kind of just doing maybe some investigation of what's around the corner, you know. Sure. So that's pretty neat. This one here, though, is what I want to focus on. This one was probably one of the most interesting ones. It's in this very, uh, like, blue hue cave where it's saying, this could be a good spot for some introspection and maybe a talk to a force ghost master. Who knows? So I, uh, I really hope that Liam Neeson somehow makes an appearance as a force ghost Qui-Gon Jinn yep. and gives some advice to, to Obi-Wan since, you know, Qui-Gon had a lot to do with bringing an Anakin into the Jedi order. Mm. No, this is where I was saying some of my predictions is like, I think this is where we get the interactions with Yoda and with Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, like, Yoda. you know, like them, them them training, like to to commune with the 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 dead. I think I think this is where we get this in this scene or not the scene. This reminds me of like uh like like the I don't know if you guys are religious or not, but like, you know, the the, the burning bush like story of like uh Moses going into like the cave or whatever. Seeing, seeing the burning bush, talking to God through the burning bush. Now, I'm not saying they're going to use that type of, like, you know, analogy, but I can see this cave set up as, like, very spiritual. He's going to see something that's going to, like, trick his mind a little bit, and he's going to start communing with, like, or with, um, with Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree with you guys. Like, I think, I think that'll be... I don't know, however he gets there, you know, obviously we know he has his house, so I don't know, have a cave out back. But, uh, you know, how, however he gets to it, I feel like, you know, like you said, Milton, maybe he, like, sees something and then, like, he turns around and he's, like, I don't know, talking to Qui-Gon or Yoda or, you know, whoever. Like, yeah. I feel like it will for sure be uh, uh, something like that. But I feel like maybe an early... Uh, Maybe we see this cave a couple times throughout this series just because, like, maybe early on, it's, like, a plot device for, like, if he's, like, hearing things in his head. Like, maybe he goes to this cave, he tries to, like, I don't know, maybe he tries to reach out in this cave or he goes there for some reason and he doesn't. But then he's hearing all these voices of, like, Order 66 stuff. You know what I mean? Or, like, Ooh, flashbacks to yeah. Order 66. Like, yeah. like because, because he's going to have to have some type of, like, introspection. Like, we're going to have to get that flashback like i mean we hear him say in the in the trailer like you know the war is over we lost like all this stuff like like that that line like really sets the tone of like i think his character like maybe that cave will be used as like a point of him like kind of having a flashback to all those bad things yeah about to say let, let's not forget too though like he's gonna have a lot of trauma 
You know, like, yeah. we, we haven't even yeah, touched on that tonight. Like, the trauma yeah. he's going to have to, like, the trauma of him thinking he killed his friend, the trauma of losing his, his, his order, the trauma of losing his home and his government, now having yeah. the burden of, of or the trauma of losing, uh, uh, what's her name, um, Padme, Padme. Knowing, that the, knowing that Luke has a sibling out there and he can't tell anybody. Like, Obi-Wan got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like he. If I'm him, I'm getting at least six, twenty hours of counseling a day. And Yoda gets I, to go meditate on a jungle planet. Yeah, yeah, yo, Yoda, I'm just gonna <laughs> chill and and you know, and be, and be a weirdo and be goofy. But Obi Wan's got to like actually watch a kid, bro. Like, yeah, you know, like come on, man. Like, yeah, Yoda, he, he's weird. <laughs> so um, this shot kind of confirms what I was talking about earlier about that confrontation between Reva. And Owen Lars, and this is just so much intensity in this image of just the stare down, right? Like he is standing his ground, even if it's because he needs, you know, maybe she doesn't know about Luke, but he knows mm. that like she can't get in his way, so he's got to make a stand. So I, I thought this was a pretty cool uh, image out of the bunch that I wanted to make sure I highlighted. Yeah, I mean oh. it, it's it's very much like that. Cow or that, uh, like that sheriff cowboy or, uh, you know, standoff ish. Um, again, I, I, we don't know the context, but I'm sure Owen Lars is probably thinking, get out of our town. You know, there's nothing here for you type. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys both. I think it's gonna, I think that'll be an interesting moment for us as the fans. Like, sure, we obviously know what happens with Owen, but it'll feel like he could get taken out right here. I really feel like, you know, maybe. Maybe by the time we get to this point where she's confronting Owen or you know all these the townspeople, maybe they she's already they've already set the tone for the inquisitors of being like lethal or whatever you know. So that'll like kind of put us on edge for Uncle Owen. Like, oh my gosh, is he gonna like get severely hurt or something here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the last image that I want to leave off on is uh, something that will interest a lot of people, and that is our first look at Darth Vader. In the Obi-Wan series. Now, mind you, there's not any, like, huge reveal. It's not like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's a new suit for Vader or it's Vader outside of the suit. But it just shows us, like, hey, this looks like a shot from the Empire Strikes Back in the carbon freezing chamber on on Cloud City. It's like the, the you know, silhouette of Vader in the background. It's just very menacing. Like, you know, Vader is the overarching villain, ultimately the antagonist in all of this. Obi-Wan, will he try to bring him back to the light side? Is he going to just try to kill him? What's the motivation? But it shows him looming large in the darkness in the background. So what was your first thoughts on this one, Ben? Yeah, I thought it was a great shot. Again, like you said, it's it's nothing really like new we expected. To me, I was thinking maybe more along the lines of like, I think this could be like him leaving his meditation chamber potentially. Um, or something along those lines, you know. Like maybe coming out of it and standing for whatever reason, or maybe, maybe it's him getting ready to like, you know, he's like on his high horse up here and the inquisitors are walking up to him, you, you, you know, to like report whatever it may be. Like, I feel like it's either going to be like a, a report or maybe he's like coming out of his meditation chamber for whatever reason. What if he has a different mask design that doesn't have a faceplate and he's actually like walking out as Hayden Christensen, like, and you can see his face, and it's like, oh, maybe, maybe this is the design of the suit where he's like, oh, I'm actually able to get side out of outside of this thing a little bit. I know it's probably asking yeah. too much. Like but. I, 
I, I do think though, um, um, before I let you go, Milton, like, I think, I do think like, if this is the chamber, like sequence of like him leaving it or whatever, I do think when he's in the chamber, like he's 100% going to be like having the mask off. Like, like, I think we're going to get a healthy dose of Hayden Christensen in this series. That's basically what I'm saying. I was about to say, like, does that would like? I mean, if you know something, you can just like message me because, yeah, that'd be kind of fire. Oh no, no, I, I don't know anything about that. I can I I I can completely confirm I don't know anything about that. But yeah. I, I I'm hoping I'm hoping I guess I should reword I'm hoping we get a healthy dose of Hayden Christensen, and it just falls back on my thing of, you know, they're letting him do all these interviews. They're letting him, you know, talk about the series. Like they're not going to advertise. Like realistically, look. Pedro wasn't in the suit for who knows how much of Mando, but we don't care. He's still a great, you know, it's the Mandalorian still a great character. Like to me, you want to be pushing Hayden so much if we're not going to see him. And he's, then like, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a good ambassador, dude. Like, like let, let your, I think you've said this multiple times, let your stars like promote the movie or the product or something like let Like them we said about Mark Hamill, Mark yeah. Hamill, Mark Hamill has been the perfect spokesperson for 40 some years for star Wars. And like, Interesting thing, too, about Hayden with this article. Um, he mentioned, uh, they asked him about Darth Vader, and he said, we are going to see a very powerful Darth Vader for this series. So, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. Whatever that like, means. Like, I mean, it's, it's dude, fire, bro. Fire. Heck, Can't yeah. Wait. So, there you go, everybody. That is our breakdown, our very full, in-depth breakdown of a minute and some change trailer space out over about two hours worth of discussion so you know sometimes we have more to discuss from these darn trailers than an actual movie or tv episode themselves as showcased in today's episode for <laughs> episode number 49 we got so far this discussion so quickly i even forgot to say what came out this week so i'll quickly go over that is we had crimson uh crimson rain number three which is all about this character called the architect um, I have my full review of that issue on the channel. Um, it's all about this character that goes to Dagobah. There, you know, basically, long story short, Kira wants to take out the Sith, which she knows is Emperor Palpatine, Vader, after the events of Empire Strikes Back. So she's like, "Oh, what if we uh, track down Yoda and get him to be an ally against Emperor Palpatine?" So we get this character that actually tracks down Yoda to Dagobah. Her name's the Arch Archivist. And she's she has some dark side study training. She's she's not a Jedi. She's not a Inquisitor, but she has some Force sensitivity. So she tracks down Yoda. Has a change of heart. Doesn't actually see Yoda, but goes into the cave. Comes out of the cave as a different person. Like it changes her, and she basically tells tells Kira that Yoda's dead. So Yoda, mm -hmm. you know that's a good that's a way because if you had Yoda involved, that would really screw up the timeline. So I'm happy that Charles Soule was I, able to write it out of the way there. I I was I was actually I don't know about you, Milton, but I was getting a little nervous when Chris was saying was talking right there. I was like, oh no, did they just bring Yoda into this yeah. conflict? But like, that's bro. actually <laughs> that's actually a really good uh, resolution. I I was really really nervous when you were just reading that. Yeah. <laughs> But something that was even more unexpected was in Han Solo and Chewbacca issue number one, written by Mark Guggenheim, famed writer in the, the Arrow series and different things. He's yep. writing a new Star Wars ongoing comic book. It's all about Han Solo about a couple years before A New Hope. Him and Chewbacca are running missions for, for Jabba, and their mission takes them to Corellia. And therein lies that Han meets his father. We thought that Han just never realized his father was alive because, you know, we know Han is an orphan. 
He lived with the white worms over over there, worked for Lady Proxima. So that was a huge yeah. like shocker. That was a cliffhanger. It was like he met this random guy in a bar, was just chit chatting with this guy, and he told him his name, and this guy told him his name, and it was like, wait a minute. We we're both linked together, and they came to realize this, like, oh my god, you're my son, and oh my god, you're my father, and that's how the issue ended. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how those events unfold. Um, I don't know how that's gonna end. Probably not well for the father, I'd assume. I feel like he's not gonna make it out of there alive because how would the rest of Star Wars go with his father still alive? Yeah, probably right. could still go, but I, I'm I'm very interested in the story, and it's cool again to see Star Wars comics kind of shocking us to this day with even some of our original character uh original trilogy characters getting some cool more backstory to them so oh yeah i think i think that's a really cool um reveal it's not too obviously it's a big character in han's father but it's cool because maybe you, you know you you said this takes place what two years before a new hope uh it seems like two or three something like that. okay so right. maybe maybe this could um depending on how the comic goes, that is, maybe that'll help Han turn into more of a scorned person. Like, maybe his father betrays him at some point in this series, and, you know, that'll make him more, like, hardened leading into the events of A New Hope, potentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there you have it. That was the rundown of the things that came out this week. Next week, we're going to see what happens. Um, as I said, we were going to talk about some video game stuff tonight, but we just really don't have the time. Uh, so we're going to table that discussion for next week. Um, we'll put that on the on the back burner for next week. And whatever news and whatever things we have coming out for next week, it's uh, we know the Star Wars Celebration got announced to come out again this week. So I, I you know we're probably going to have regular updates of what's going to happen with that. I'll be sure to keep you guys up to speed on that and and all the other things of Star Wars. That, you know we're in, we're in promotion mode now. You know got. You know, Star Wars likes to spend like one week on each thing. It's like, okay, Galactic Star Cruiser, we're done with that. Let's talk about Obi Wan. Okay, we'll put that on the back burner. Maybe Bad Batch next week. Who the heck knows? But um, yeah, so that's that's gonna do it for us here. I'm gonna continue painting my miniatures. And by the way, I never even showed this to you. I I, I guess I was so excited again about the Obi Wan stuff that I never shared my week in Star Wars. So I'll I'll end off the show showing uh, my. My little fluttercraft here that I painted and built, oh, nice. and this is like the Wookiee's like little like, um, and it's really cool because oh, you have like, the, the Wookiee that's in there, and he's like throwing the grenades, you know. Oh wow, that's cool. And it's yeah, there we go. So Chris, I, I still try to figure out where do you store all this stuff because this is crazy. Well, this one I actually have to put on my shelf because like it's so fragile with those wings there, so I can't mm. really store it very well. Um, but everything else I put in cases, and there's like all of them are underneath the pool table in the basement. But um, <laughs> nice, it's uh, it's fun. And right now I just finished um, painting Yoda, pretty much. So I'll be showing him off. I'll probably show off a couple of the Wookies that I was working on earlier in the week because I have a game coming up this week that I'm be playing them in. So I had to kind of nice. blow through these things that have been sitting around for months. So finally, finally getting my budding gear with these things, and uh, that's how I've been spending. Um, the, the little bit of winter that we're having left here in, in, in the Northeast. So That's what's up, brother. It's awesome. Yeah, what are you guys going to be up to this week? Uh, this weekend, actually, um, probably biking. Like, I've got my oh. bike back um, really? today. Yes, like, I, I like to ride bikes around my community because it's just another exercise thing. Look, I'm, I'm active all the time, dude. 
Like this whole fitness thing for me has been super serious. Uh, I work out every day, so I'm gonna work out in the morning tomorrow. Go biking later, and I'll probably relax and hang out with some friends. I mean, there's no football, obviously, so that kind of sucks. But I mean, I'll watch whatever sports that are on, or just hang out with my friends and family, and just go like be active. There you go. So you can follow follow Milton on Twitter, Milton Weber Seven. And what about yeah. you, Brent? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. You know, working out. That's that's always a big thing. I'm down another pound. You know, plenty to go, but we're we're getting there slowly but surely. Um, yeah, so pretty much just working out. You know, like Milton said, there's no football, so it's 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 the it's the sad off season yeah, now dude. until August, um, because man, I'm I'm yeah. already ready for it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all it's going to be is fitness. Uh, talking Star Wars on Twitter, always interesting to see the discussions people have on the old the old Twitter platform. Right. And uh, and yeah, that that's about it. Really, meal prepping like always on Sundays, getting getting the week ready and talking mm. with everybody about all of these things. And you can find me at <laughs> at Real Ben Maynard. I do I, I do have a funny story to end the podcast. So I just thought about this just now. Yesterday I was at my office. And, you know, I have this, I have the Boba Fett helmet literally right behind me. I've mentioned this before. And so anytime I'm in a meeting, people can see it. <laughs> so I'm doing a Zoom call and my boss is actually sitting next to me. And we're doing a Zoom call with my coworker who's at home. And my coworker says to my boss, she's like, hey, where are you currently? And she's like, oh, I'm sitting right next to Milton. And I said, wait, you don't see that Boba Fett helmet right behind her? And she's like, oh, that stupid thing. I was like, are you serious right now? Like, she's been trying to convince me to get rid of my Boba Fett helmet, like, for months oh since I moved into gosh. his office. And I'm like, it is not going anywhere. It's proudly displayed in my office. I'll have to send you guys a picture when I forget, well, not next time I remember. So, think about <laughs> that when I'm, doing, when I'm doing virtual meetings and virtual court hearings. And there's a Boba Fett helmet literally, like, behind me. That's, 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 that's so funny to think about, Dude, like. Milton being, you know, imagine that, Chris, like Milton being all serious, like talking about court meeting stuff with a Boba Fett helmet in the background. <laughs> oh, it's awesome, dude. It's like, like, literally meeting with attorneys and supervisors and stuff. And like there's the Boba Fett helmet. There's an Ahsoka action figure in the box. There's Luke Skywalker action. There's actually, uh, now to think about it, there's, um, I think I have like the, uh, the, the glasses, like these C-3PO and R2-D2 glasses behind me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll have to see you a picture of my shelf. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Do it. It, ain't going, it ain't going anywhere. That's hilarious. That's yeah. so great. And, That's so perfect. And I have my certified Jedi Knight certificate framed in my office. I need to put it somewhere, though. I don't know where to put it yet in my office. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I might just put that back there so people can see that, too. Yeah, I might just end up, like, sharing the picture of your office if you remember to send it to us on next yeah. week's show. And we'll go yep. through each object as your as your our weekend Star Wars. Right? Yeah, that's fine. Milton, people will be like people will be like hanging on the wall. Is that your is that your master's degree? No, that's my Jedi Knight certificate. Certified Jedi Knight, baby. Let's go. Ten bucks. My my, my boy's dad hooked me up years ago. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> so there we go. We have some things to look forward to next week. Um, but until that time, I want to thank everybody for joining us in the live chat. We had Dark Nerdy Gonzo. We had uh, we had Christopher Weber and we had Star Wars Infinite. So thanks everybody for joining us there. You can join us at nine o'clock Eastern every Friday night here on Outer Rim Transmission. You can download us after the fact on any of your podcast platforms of choice. Just search Outer Rim Transmission. So for Ben, 
for Milton and for me, Chris, aka Star Raptor. Thanks everybody for watching. This was Outer Rim Transmission number 49. Oh, wouldn't you believe it? Number 50 is right around the corner. Thanks for watching. May the force be with you always in transmission.